0: Welcome to The Dialogue, episode 18. My name is Gage. I barely finished high school. My name is Kyle. I have really weird toes that you would assume are broken, but in fact are just genetic. My name's
1: Micah, and I saw a dead body when I was six. Well, you
0: already, You've did, already you did, did that one. Have I? Yeah. Oh, shit. When? I don't remember. Don't you watch our that show? That was like one of the very earlier episodes, and you opened with that. I remember. You were like... Like almost exact same delivery.
1: My name is Micah. Here we go. And I was almost kidnapped at a baseball game when I was four.
0: Okay. I can't remember if he did that one. So you're on, you're in the clear for now. I don't think I've done that one on the air, so. Okay, okay. Uh, Question of the day Mm -hmm. for the audience as well as us, but we will get to it. We don't have to answer now. But to our audience listening, because I want more engagement and I want people to comment and, and communicate with us, this is called the dialogue after all. We want to create a dialogue. The and dialogue does not end with us. Exactly. It continues in the comment section below. So to our listeners, question of the day. What is It ends with E. The best Quentin Tarantino <laughs> film? You ruined it. Best what? Quentin Tarantino film. No, he what, said it what, end- what, it, what? He said it ends with E, the dialogue. Because he said it, it doesn't end with us, and I said it ends with E. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. God damn it. You're, you're- Save your good jokes for when I'm not talking! <laughs> <laughs> Question of the day. No. What is the best Quentin Tarantino film? Not your favorite. Oh, shoot. The best. Interesting. Maybe the best is your favorite. Maybe your favorite. Is the it's best. The best. I... So let us know in the comments oh, section below. Oh, I thought you were below. asking us. I mean, we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. But since that is kind of the thing that, um, what's the word, that, uh, you know, represents this episode, because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about some Tarantino movies here in a little bit. We're going to get to that. But do yourself some thinking and let us know down below. Maybe we will agree with you. Maybe we won't. It'll be interesting. You guys want to jump into some movie news? Super Bowl was today. Mm-hmm. Go Buccaneers. They won. Go, huh, no, go, no sport bowl.
1: Poor Mister Patty.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really watch the Super Bowl. I saw the halftime show.
1: It was kind of depressing, both trailer wise and game wise. So yeah,
0: but we have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, two things. So, basically. but overall, overall, very lackluster year for yeah. Trailers. You guys are the sport boys, so like quick one to two minute summary of the game.
1: The Buccaneers. <sighs> I really want to use a bad word, but I'm not going to. They harmed the Chiefs really badly.
0: I would say, Tom Brady has proved that he is likely the the greatest quarterback of all time, and I, mean, I feel like he I don't did know that how. Like three I don't, years ago, I mean, but like at this point, I don't think you yeah. can dispute it. So. I think that's what I took away from tonight. He has got a 7-3 and three Super Bowl record, which is absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. I
1: saw a statistic that was like, <clears throat> so Steph Curry is considered the best three-point shooter of all time in the NBA, and Tom Brady has a higher chance of making a Super Bowl than Steph Curry does of making a three-pointer. Bonkers. So, we want to talk about anyway, trailers?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about two trailers. Um, what do we want to talk about, uh... Captain America, wait. Yeah, we can talk Cap- about. Is that uh, what it's called? No. Uh, Falcon uh, and Fal- the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Why, why do we have such a hard time remembering It's such this? like, it's not a, like. It is, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Falcon, Falcon
1: and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's an eight syllable title there. That's tough work.
0: Yeah. So we talked about the uh, first Falc. spot. What'd you guys think about the, we kind of covered that when that came out. Wasn't super impressed with it. This
1: one was way better. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even going to watch it before, but now I'm like, I'm in.
0: I mean, it's, you know, it's a Marvel Studios production, so it's like, even if you're not that psyched about it, like we've said before, it's kind of yeah. like, eh, yeah, yeah have yeah. to tune into that at least once. I mean,
1: especially when there's nothing else going on, because it's literally going to be like, division ends, one week break, and then weekly you're going to have like the mm-hmm. Captain Face and your mom. When does that start again? March
0: 19th? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's right around yeah. the corner. So potentially like right towards the end of WandaVision or as it's ending
1: literally WandaVision last episode on a Thursday next Thursday there's a break Thursday after that the first episode of
0: damn yeah and then I think it's the same with Loki I'm assuming I'm gonna
1: assume it's just gonna keep like until the movie what's a uh, not after Black Widow what's Spider-Man I guess Shang-Chi
0: I think is still coming out if they don't delay it True. Yeah, cuz we haven't seen any footage of that at all. So I'm really you know. bummed that there wasn't a Spider-Man trailer. Yeah, I think that trailer. was that was the biggest takeaway I think from the Super Bowl is just like the fact that we didn't get a Spider-Man 3 trailer cuz it really felt like it could happen. So just clarification, um, we, we are filming this like what? Like 2 hours after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so tomorrow morning there could just be a Spider-Man teaser and then we could all just look like a bunch of Why, though? Why would they release it the day? I don't know. I just have a feeling at the bottom of my I mean, Tom Holland
1: did say that, like, this next week, like, there's a high probability that, like, we could get a trailer.
0: There was a, um, the, uh, there's an Instagram, I guess, there's an Instagram page that's, like, run by Sony that's, like, made to look like Flash Thompson's, like, Instagram from, like, the movies. Yeah, I've seen that. And, like, he's, they've already started uploading stuff to that account, like, in the last couple days, so it kind of... Gives you the impression that, like, the marketing is starting to, like, run back up again. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, there's always a bajillion rumors that may or may not be true that are always floating around the interwebs. Yeah, yeah. And we try our best not to cover shit that's fake or shit that's, like, just rumors, but it's hard these days. Everything's just, like, I heard from my uncle's cousin's grandma that... Batman is gonna be a lobster. <laughs> yeah. In the next movie. He's gonna turn into a lobster halfway through the movie. And then and he's gonna say
1: Lob me, sir.
0: Wow. To not, you know, sit on the disappointment of Spider Man 3 for too long. I mean, we did get the Falcon the Winter Soldier show and it and it's exciting that we're gonna be getting shows. One after the other. It's kind of a cool uh, business strategy, I think. Um, and yeah, I was not super like super excited about Falcon Winter Soldier with, with the first trailer. I It didn't like disappoint me. Um, but with this new trailer, it had a different energy, I think. Um, so I'm very much so looking forward to it now. And I think yeah. you kind of have a better mm. idea of like maybe what it's going to be. It doesn't look like it's just trying to be like Winter Soldier 0.5. Maybe it has a little bit more to offer. Yeah, um, I think my main concern, and I might have said this when we talked about it last, was I'm still confused what... Even though I think it'll be fun to watch like what the characters of Bucky Barnes and... Like they're not super defined yet. They just kind of feel like your standard like marvel quip machines
1: they don't seem like they're fully fleshed out characters they, yet. they
0: seem like they're like vehicles to just like crack jokes at each other they're, they're very much so just like the uh the show existing in itself extensions of the captain america character <clears throat> there isn't a lot of identity yet it's kind right. of you, you look at these characters and you kind of just think captain america kind of like how you looked at the the first trailer and thought Captain America, Winter Soldier, it's just kind of like the same... I mean, you're kind of okay with it, like, during movies like yeah. Captain America and Civil War and Infinity War, with, like, you know, them being kind of the comic relief, but for a whole show being the main where focus. they're the main focus, I'm I'm, concerned that they'll be able to, like, carry an entire series.
1: Knew, well, yeah, do you think there, there's gonna be... Because there was a shot of, like, Captain America on, like, a football field...
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's like a mascot or something weird. Is that a
1: flashback, a mascot? That could be totally misleading. If
0: they don't do a flashback, at least, I would be shocked with Chris Evans. I'm sure he'll show up for like a second. Um, I moved. (laughs) Did you see that um, Daniel Bruhl's character from Civil War? Um, Mm, Remind me. the I think the character's name is Zemo. Was that the main, like, villain in Civil War? Yeah. With, like, the, People weren't like, a big fan of that character. I, I actually thought I he was okay. Yeah, he, his performance mind. is good. I mean, Daniel Brühl, who's also in Glorious Bastards, which we're talking I, about. I don't know. I Yeah, I kind of liked this character. I liked that... He's
1: reading the German words from the book.
0: Yeah, you all have... I remember because he said Homecoming, and everyone was like, is that a reference yeah. to Spider-Man Homecoming? And then the director was like, no, it's just, like, a total coincidence. But anyway... Yeah, I remember kind of liking his character in Civil War, because I, I, I don't know, I just like the idea of, like... You have all these like super like human uh people like fighting each other and the one who's pulling the strings is just some dude which i think is kind of interesting it's a little cheesy but i like i just liked how he played it i think it's done in like a pretty like grounded gritty way yeah most of it weirdly enough
1: the winter soldier that movie in particular is like one of the most somehow realistic like Grounded MCU movies. I, I feel, feel like, like his
0: character used to be completely different, and now he's just kind of like. Oh, we're talking. About, oh, the character. Yeah. Oh, oh I was he, just talking about the uh, movie. Oh, he was talking about character. Yeah, I was talking about uh, the character. Well, his the character Bucky has kind of been all over the place because like he was brainwashed for that time and. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's just kind of like, feels like the main appeal of the show is just like, oh well, we like these actors and they're it's fun to watch them play off each other, but like, is there enough there? I hope. I hope you know? the show and it, there's a couple shots in the trailer that kind of maybe like give me a little like a glimmer of hope Mm -hmm. there it might be interesting for these characters to also be kind of searching for their identity and like who they are in this world because like obviously like if they're taking over captain america's role that's going to be kind of a strange thing Mm -hmm. so that might be like a, a a theme in the show is just them trying to figure out who they are and like what what they're capable of. Do, do we know what, like, the main plot of the show is?
1: That's one ad? thing I was going to ask. Do you think it's going to, like, play into the story of, like, like the multiverse of, of, like, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and what's going on in WandaVision? Or do you think it's just going to be them, to stab- them being established as, like, a duo to be later used, like... Is it really Def- involved in the grand sc- scheme of the plot going on right now? I'm
0: sure in some way. Mm-hmm. But I would assume out of these three shows that we're aware of, Loki being the third one, it's probably most its own thing, Mm-hmm. I would assume. I'm going to also assume that it's probably going to be like a limited series. You know, it's probably not going to multiple seasons kind of thing. I think if any of them has a shot of having se- like second seasons, it would mm-hmm. be this one.
1: Maybe. I, WandaVision won't like yeah i don't think you could
0: do that i think it works best because i think that's definitely setting up what's going to happen in the next phase of films right
1: wait so there's wandavision loki
0: and then Falcon. falcon that's it i think the ones that we know of yeah okay um, I think there's been some ones announced in the future, but I don't yeah. really And think... then there's a bajillion Star Wars ones, but yeah. we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that was really realistic. Um... You said something kind of funny that it reminded you of, like, Hobbs and Shaw if it wasn't, like, bad or something? Or was that like, was that me. That was you. I was like, I... I yeah, it looks...
1: I, I said it looked like Hobbs and Shaw, but, like, if it wasn't bad and was shot well... Like, and, that thing
0: at the end when they're, like, bantering back and forth yeah. in the end... Or not, they're just, like, having the staring contest? Mm-hmm. That was that was really funny. Normally I dislike the uh, the Marvel trailer formula where it's like we gotta put a joke at the end, but that was kind of like more subtle, and it wasn't as cute laugh here. Yeah, it was, it was real silly. It was silly, yeah. And the editing, it was just kind of goofy. I you got it. a laugh out of me, and I kind of hate that it did. I was yeah, like, oh, alright, you got one. Yeah, same. But. And there were some more interesting shots in the trailer. It didn't look as, like, boring. It was like there was some interesting cinematography. I kind of get... I mean, yeah, all of these Marvel shows, definitely. I mean, they feel like something that you'd pay like full price in a theater to go see. Yeah, it
1: looks like it's shot like a movie, which I really appreciate.
0: Yeah. but well, We are going to talk about WandaVision towards the end of this episode because somebody asked us what our thoughts are on it.
1: A little bit. A little bit. Because we're going to have a whole episode for that later on.
0: Yeah. What are we halfway through the season We're on episode
1: five of nine. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. and We've actually been uh, getting together. Yeah, it's been fun. Every yeah, Thursday night at midnight. I've never watched a show with friends like this before. It's kind of been a fun yeah. experience. And
1: Oh, I know we're going to get into it later, but I see that the hype and how much people are talking about it is so much higher because they're releasing it once a week instead of just being like, here it is, all of it at once. What's yeah. also
0: fun, too, is like we haven't been getting a lot of like Marvel stuff in the last, you know, a while. It just feels like it's kind of like a yeah. therapeutic to be able to like get together with friends and get excited yeah. about like movies or TV shows again, you know, with mm. like... With WandaVision, so it's kind of been, like, kind of, a, I guess, a yeah. therapeutic without sounding tr- tr- too dramatic. Marvel couldn't have picked a better time to start making totally. television shows. Yes. Totally. So it's, it's a perfect time for it's it. It's
1: like, I wish, I really wish shows would be more like this, where it's, like, a once-a-week thing, how it used to be, because you see something like Stranger Things, where it almost goes in one ear and out the other, where it's, like, a big deal for, like, a day or even a week, and then it's just, like, no one cares anymore. But yeah. because of this formula... It's like constantly being well, it, talked it, about, and the hype builds, is being built. It
0: builds an intrigue, yeah. Because you want, especially if it's like a there's like a mystery element to it. Because you're like, it's like, like the end of
1: Infinity War. It's like,
0: oh, people speculate what's going to happen. Where's it going? Yep. Hmm. And I also like that for the most part, like the Marvel. You could honest to god, like it's very fitting for Marvel to be working in TV because you could argue the MCU in its entirety is basically like a bajillion dollar tv yep. show already yep. 100%. just you know the episodes are feature length a bajillion dollars i don't know yeah that's a great point i mean in a lot of ways when movies end it's like an episode ends and you gotta wait for the next one and or... it's all linear basically yeah. like it's basically a TV phases show. are like seasons the only yeah. problem
1: is like watching a show specifically my parents with someone who hasn't like watched a lot of the mc was yeah. like oh well,
0: yeah we were jo- so confused we were joking about that when we first started watching wand vision i was like how the hell would i like describe the show to like my grandma or, or like thing. an
1: alien like it's their first time coming to earth and it's just like <laughs>
0: They'd probably be a little bit more concerned with like some other like how how like our physics. Not like, like what the, Wandavision yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be the first thing that I would what be like. What the fuck is that I mean. Wandavision <laughs> shit? I like it. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty sick. That's how aliens sound. <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? Show me that Wandavision shit, man. What's up, bro? Can I probe your butt? All right. Uh, Do you old. Talk about old. So that was the other trailer that came out. Um, it was more like a TV spot. It was only like fifty was a seconds. Is it trailer? Yeah. I mean technically trade. Could you could you haul it behind your truck? Wow. <laughs> wow. I was I was hoping that's not where that joke was going and you just disappointed me. I'm like appalled that like today is just the day of dad jokes, like yeah, I guess so. This is
1: like for me, this is M. Night Shyamalan's career. It's like way up here and then she's, like
0: And recently it's been like, oh, uh uh-huh. This is gonna be Uh really interesting For people who listen on Spotify Oh oh, yeah It's like And then it's like
1: (laughs) Anyway I was saying it's really good And then really bad And now it's like It's like kind of peaking almost again So I, I have
0: mixed feelings about old It could be really bad or really good Well I also think like the interior Might be really nice too And like you know it has, like, a fold-out bed. What are you <laughs> talking about? A trailer, you know? Like, a trailer. I fucking hate you. <laughs> all fall behind your truck or something? That's, that's t- the joke. It was a TV spot. I know, but he said I trailer. saw it from a
1: window. I spotted it. The TV. All, right. all right. I'm all sorry. Right. So it, was about,
0: it was about 50 seconds. About 50 seconds long. And I think the worst part about the trailer is just... Or the TV spot is just <clears> the fact that it's so fucking short. Yeah. And they're trying to tell you, like... Information about the movie and it just doesn't work very well, so it's just m- more so how it's marketed. But I'm still very excited nonetheless. It's really I, I hard just to. Re- sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was just gonna say I disagree. Okay. because I feel like, like after watching that, I was like, I don't need to see anymore else. Like, yeah. any, no, I don't, anything I, else? I don't think so. I don't think I need to either. I just feel like it. It. It kind of feels a little. Um, it's very short. Cheesy, maybe, because it's like fifty seconds, and are like shoving all of this information in really quick to tell you, like it's very yeah. trailery information, like some we need to get off this island, or like all these. I'm scared. He was. Well, that's not really information, but okay.
1: She's scared. <laughs> I guess that's so. pretty informational. That's pretty
0: vital. Um i got to know if they they're could scared be, or not. They the, could be the one, the happy one about line. It. The one line where she was like, he was six moments ago or something weird like that. I was like, all right, very trailer trailery, trailer-y mm-hmm. lines that kind of makes the movie seem like it might be dorky. Just give me a second. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but no, I mean, nonetheless, I'm excited and I think that it's it looks like a very high concept movie. Knowing Shyamalan, yeah. I'm sure he's got some nice twists and turns and some things that he's going to add to it and, you know, kind of. Hopefully exceeds expectations. I mean, I've, I've been kind of sorry. I keep doing that, but I've been kind of surprised <laughs> with uh, how well Shyamalan's been able to like keep the the consistency of things that are not like god awful. I guess. Yeah, Glass
1: wasn't god awful. wasn't my favorite, but like recently, I mean, what 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 has he had? He's had the visit and split. His visit split, Glass. Yeah, is that it? Is it split less.
0: Again, I, I, you guys have definitely seen more Shyamalan movies than I have.
1: Have you seen like the classics, like The Sixth Sense? And, I uh, Oh my gosh!
0: Because everyone's already spoiled it for me. It's like the most spoiled movie. So of I thought I, yeah. I thought The Sixth Sense would would um like because I knew the twist, it wouldn't be very good.
1: Mm-hmm. The light. Like, it's still good.
0: Okay. Mo, honestly, the twist is like one of the more like less interesting aspects. Have you seen Signs? No, I haven't. Dear
1: God, that's like That'd my be a f- fun that's like my favorite M Night Shyamalan Me movie too.
0: Me too. That'd be a fun. When one. we did the, um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. When we did the Shyamalan episode with Zach, all the movies we watched, those are the only Shyamalan movies I've seen. Damn, just um, the Unbreakable trilogy then. But I kind of get the sense with Shyamalan. No, you've seen The Visit. Oh yeah, that's right. I've seen The Visit. Um, Underrated
1: Shyamalan. But though.
0: I kind of get the sense with Shyamalan where like it doesn't matter what he's making the movie about. You like you have no idea whether it's going to be good or not. Because all of his ideas, even the good ones, it's kinda like okay. um, walking the line. There's yeah. the this could there's a very shitty way to do this. There's a very good way way to do this. Mm. I know,
1: really like Alex Wolf, the the actor they have in there. That's oh, also yeah. fine. Hereditary and the jungle I the so Jumanji good. sorry, the Jumanji movies. Yeah.
0: Oh he's in the first one, yeah. 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 That's right. He's, he's in the second one also. Ex Naked oh, yeah. Brother. Is he, I get he confused. In Naked Brother? Yeah, no. Yeah. Alex and Nat Wolf yeah. were the naked no. brothers from the Naked Brothers. You band. know why I get confused? Because Nick Jonas is also in the Jumanji movies. There
1: was just so much information <laughs> going by so quickly. It was just hard for me to right. re- retain what was... So I, after the second or third time, I was like, That's okay. kinda what I was like thinking. the little subtle things with like, my shorts or my swim trunks are yeah. like, like getting, looking pretty small on me or whatever. And <laughs> it's like... I don't know what was said exactly. No, It was just just
0: funny the way. My swim trunks are looking pretty, uh, they're they're getting all, (laughs) anyway.
1: My swim trunks are small. Is
0: that a sentence? So, yeah, I I feel the same way, and, um, but, I'm excited. I lost my train of thought. I'm excited. I'm, like, tired. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, I do think it could be an interesting thing, like, it's, like, the Benjamin Button thing. Hi. Like, I haven't seen Benjamin Button. Really? But but it's, like, it could be this, like, a horror movie where it's, like, they're all aging rapidly and they have to, like, figure out how to, like, escape before they just, like, age and die I or bet something. you that one girl that shot of that girl who's just like pregnant suddenly that's fucking terrifying yeah it was yeah because I'm
1: pretty sure it was insinuating that the little blonde girl at the beginning who was like six I, was like that's a, yeah. her
0: and she's already giving birth but like I'm one.
1: confused because don't you have to do something to have a kid yeah I don't know as far but, as I know I think so yeah but I guess maybe there are different rules on the beach I don't know. Maybe.
0: The beach impregnates you. The beach
1: gets... I, I bet you there's some <laughs> twist where it's all in their head, and it, and it all, like, goes back to normal. It's not how it really was.
0: That would be dumb, but maybe. I don't know. And Thomas and Mackenzie's in it, too. Yeah, she's From really Jojo good. Rabbit. You know, what else? Wasn't she in something else recently? I don't remember. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out during the summertime.
1: Da summer. time.
0: Summer It's definitely it on, my, uh, on my radar. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah um well i guess we'll move on to the main discussion but first um just want to take another moment to say if you have not yet please subscribe to the dialogue on youtube if you're listening to this on audio go to our youtube channel we upload exclusive clips sometimes and you can see our pretty faces and subscribe and comment and like i said leave some comments down below question of the day what is your favorite no not your favorite what is the best tarantino movie they're two different two different questions here and uh Leave a comment to help because it helps with the algorithm. More people will watch this watch this podcast if more people comment like the video. And yes, moving on. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you have not. That also helps. That might much. be the best thing you can do. Probably the best. It. it seems really weird and trivial, but it like for some reason it is. Yeah, because Apple Podcasts is like the where we get the most right. listeners, at least in the audio yeah. form. I don't know where we get the most viewers. I think YouTube. Um, but yeah. Also, <clears throat> this is the noisiest fucking chair of all time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Anything I wonder moving. you gave it to me. <sighs> well, I, did. Mr. Fidget Boy over here. Um, <laughs> and uh, follow us on on, on Letterbox and uh, Twitter, follow the Twitter Instagram. and Instagram. All right, moving on. You guys want to take a quick break? Yeah. yeah. Like 25 minutes. Huh? <laughs> all right, we We've refueled. Some drinks, a dog changed the camera battery. We're good to go now. We're going to talk about Reservoir Dogs Quentin Tarantino's very first film. Um, what is our history with this movie? Have you guys, uh, like when did you first watch it? Um, I'll let you go. Um, I first watched it maybe like 2018. Okay, I first watched it a couple of days ago. <laughs> when we all watched it I was surprised that you had not seen it well actually no I did start it I got like 20 minutes in and then I had to do something Uh, I haven't said this on the podcast but there's like a weird curse with there's like a bunch of Tarantino movies I have yet to see but I've started Mm -hmm. and I don't know why the fuck I haven't finished a lot of them I think I've only seen now Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction Hateful Eight and Glorious Bastards Glorious Bastards Once Upon upon a Time you haven't seen Kill Bells I've watched, like, the majority of the first one. Okay. And not the second one. And not Django. No. I've okay. seen parts of Django. Mm-kay. Okay. Okay. Um, I obviously... I've seen Reservoir Dogs a few times. You guys give me shit for being a Tarantino boy. It was my second time seeing it. Um, okay. Probably my, like, 15th time seeing it. I've <clears throat> seen that movie a lot. Probably seen it more than um, Pulp Fiction, to be honest. Um, Pulp Fiction was always the movie as a kid, obviously... Or when I was, um, like, a younger teenager, like, uh, it hit me the hardest, but then I watched Reservoir Dogs, and I fell in love with that as well. Um, and I think as I get older, like, I have appreciated Reservoir Dogs in a, mm-hmm. more than Pulp Fiction. I think Reservoir Dogs have, has aged well, but I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in a couple years because I got to this point where, like, I just could not watch that movie yeah. cause I had watched it so many goddamn times. Right. And I think Reservoir Dogs has kind of hit that for me. I think with this last viewing, especially, mm-hmm. there's kind of this thing when you've seen movies so many times that like you just notice every fucking thing. Right. That like has always bothered you, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like you don't, you no longer watch it just as a movie anymore. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, look, that shot is out of focus. Oh, look, mm-hmm. I can see the boom mic. It can oh, be really frustrating. Yeah. That's why like watching movies too many times is is never a good. At least for me, never a good thing. I have a few movies that are like that.
1: That's why I don't watch my favorite movies, like, all the time, right. if I can help it, because yeah. I'm afraid it'll get to that point of like yeah.
0: Because it inevitably does, I think. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I, I, I spend a lot of fucking time online. We were joking about this, about, like, <laughs> I think, I, actually, I've said this on the podcast, haven't I? Where it's like... Maybe. I just... It's weird that I, like, I know things about movies that mm-hmm. I haven't even fucking seen. Right
1: we were joking that you watch more clips of, like, mm-hmm. like segments yeah. of movies on YouTube than actually watch movies well, in their Well, I entirety. don't think that's
0: true, but, like, it, I'm, I'm sure it fucking, like, feels that way. Well, um, and sometimes you'll tell me facts about movies that I have, that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. And you're like, yeah, I haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. It's like, you know, when certain movies are, like, part of, like, the cultural zeitgeist. Also, you know, it's like I watch, like, you know, because I, like, I'm into, like, movie making and stuff, and I watch, like, like, film essays, and, you know, it's certain movies they reference over and over again, so it's hard not to, like, mm-hmm. you know, pick up that shit. All right. One more break while I take she my- She has to go potty. My sad fucking dog.
1: Poppy. I know. The way she's looking at us, just like-
0: All right. She's going to explode. I'll be right back. Aw, the way she's holding her back feet together. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's clear that I have, like, the- I mean, with Tarantino across the board, I probably have the longest history- of... Um, the longest boner. <laughs> the, long, <laughs> the long For Tarantino. For Tarantino <laughs> metaphorically speaking, yes. of course. And physically. Yes, you have... If you've been following Gage for a long time, I think his first video was just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praising and to his Tarantino, Tarantino I don't
1: think I had seen a single Quentin Tarantino movie until I met Gage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I was like, shoot, maybe I should check this guy what, out. What
0: was the first one you watched?
1: I want to say... Reservoir Dogs.
0: Okay. No. No, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. First one I watched too. Okay. I think that's the first one a lot of people Mm -hmm. watch. Because definitely his like most popular, obviously like most like well known. You can anybody knows what Pulp Fiction is. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, you guys, Reservoir Dogs. What are you guys? What are your thoughts on it?
1: I didn't like it as much, like from the first time I saw it and I think that's just because the first time I saw it I was like just really like digging into like movies and movie making so but I've seen so much since then that you know it was at the top but so much has been like stacked on top <laughs> okay. of it okay <laughs> that it's just like I've seen so much more do a lot of things better and yes it was this first movie and it didn't have like the base budget and the yeah. audio can be like at times but
0: Aww. you think it's that bad?
1: i don't think it's bad at all i gave it three and a half stars i just know audio wise i don't think it's horrible i i mean i'd say it's decent Hmm. i wouldn't say it's like good or great Hmm. i'm probably in the vast minority here when i say that i actually like how they deal with the whole like out of you know out of order chronology thing i like how reservoir dogs
0: non-linear story
1: yeah does it better than pulp fiction in my opinion okay you son of a bitch
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, like, be a douchebag and, like, um, actually, it's called... uh, I know, I know, I know, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, just so people know what you're talking about. Yeah. Nonlinear storytelling. Yeah, I mean, that was something when I watched Pulp Fiction, um, you know, set aside, like, everything else. Literally, it was just, like, that, uh, that element of the non-linear storytelling Mm -hmm. that I think, you know, a lot of us... I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I definitely think a lot of younger teens get exposed to it, and it's just like, holy shit, this yeah. is crazy. So, yeah, and then Reservoir Dogs came later, and... I feel like Tarantino's definitely not, like, the first guy to do that. But oh, probably, absolutely. Probably not. the first one to, like, mainstream it. Probably. I'll popularize it. Yeah. Yeah. Or make it so integral to the story, maybe, yeah. too? I definitely think it was easier to follow in Reservoir Dogs. I shouldn't say integral to the story. I should say a style. Maybe it's yeah. m- maybe it's less integral to the story, m- more so a style that made it kind of interesting. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs actually have <clears throat> a lot more um, flashbacks than I thought it would. Like, we spend a, like, a lot of time with, like... Um, right. I mean, I'm going to assume we're just talking spoilers because it's Reservoir yeah, Dogs. If you ha- if, yeah, if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, I encourage you to go watch it. We're going to be spoiling this. The whole movie. Both movies are yeah. going to be spoiling. it out for a while.
1: Sometimes I would literally just forget it was a flashback because it would, like, go on for so long, yeah. and then it would cut back to, like, what was actually going on before. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot <clears throat> that entire th- sequence we just saw it was a flashback from yeah. this moment here. It was weird.
0: Yeah, because I was under the impression, like, almost the entire movie was going to take place. One location. And just Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you find yourself being like, um, all right, can we go back to the... Uh, I think they're in parts but for the majority of it I was actually like once we went back I was like oh okay you know I'm glad we actually went back especially the um, the um, the character who turns out to be the cop mm-hmm. you know who's like bleeding at the beginning yeah Tim Roth's character I liked getting his backstory and he kind of became like the um, I uh, like the like the like the voice of reason I guess even though like somebody to root for yeah which and is rare, and, rare for Tarantino to have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also the uh, the older guy, I think that's Harvey Keitel's character, who's holding him at the end. Is mm. that Harvey Keitel? Yeah, yeah. Them two, I kind of latched onto because they kind of seem like they're like the moral center of the movie. And for yeah, like you said, for a Tarantino movie, like that is very, very, very rare. Um, and you, honest to God, like feel pretty fucking bad for for them. And you kind of get the idea that like. Like, uh, Harvey Harvey Keitel's character, like, really bonded over Mm -hmm. with Eli Roth and, like, finding out that he's, like, a cop and, like, you see that part where he'd, like, consider shooting him in the face. And I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's, like... Well, I guess it's sort of like left up to interpretation. I mean, I know you hear it, but like it's off screen, Fair. so I'm sure I'm sure yeah. there's people online like, did he do it? Did he not? But yeah, but <clears throat> anyway, it's yeah, it's very rare for a Tarantino movie to like get me. There's like, theories that, that um, emotionally invested. Yeah, there's theories that what's in the um the suitcase in Pulp Fiction is actually the head of Tim Roth from Reservoir Dogs. You said that in, like, a very joking manner, but I feel like you're not joking. I am joking. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't the, the, the head of Timmy. I have an
1: interesting question. Yeah. Do you think people would, like, have this as highly regarded if it was, like, the exact same story, but just, like, in chronological order? No flashbacks. It's just, like, everything happening, se- sequential, like, how I've, it does I thought
0: about this, like a little bit after we watch it and I think it would be a significantly worse movie. I think it's like yeah. a Memento where it's like out of, like out of order, it's like a fucking great fucking movie but if you were to watch Cause it... Because it's almost in,
1: like a mystery.
0: Yeah, or if you were to watch it linear there's like no... Yeah, the fact that you don't know certain information until mm-hmm. later is what keeps you wanting to watch it, you know? Because mm-hmm. if, if the movie opened and you knew that the guy was a fucking... Um, well like yeah. it would take away like all the fucking suspense I you'd believe and just be waiting for shit to happen I believe it would very much so harm Pulp Fiction more so oh than, we're talking about Pulp Fiction. No, no, no. I was talking about Reservoir Dogs. It would harm Pulp Fiction far more than it would Reservoir Dogs if the if really? the structure was different. Why? Why do you think so? Huh. I think the structure far more defines Pulp Fiction than it does Reservoir Dogs. I guess I don't disagree. Um, I do like how <clears throat> in Pulp Fiction, like we begin where we started, and it kind of it like it, it it leaves for like a perfect like end note mm-hmm. for Pulp Fiction. Like with the mo- like my favorite scene from Pulp Fiction is like the end monologue uh, with Samuel Jackson. Uh, I guess that's Tim Roth too isn't it yep. Shit, I just made that connection yep. yeah he's got Tim Roth at gunpoint and that little monologue he does is like my favorite scene from the movie yeah. and it's like again it's sort of a I'm still kind of standing by I think Pulp Fiction might be my favorite Tarantino film as of now um how dare you uh, you think it's mess. sorry Sorry to be oh uh, I'm not sure okay. I'd have to think about it um yeah sorry to be so predictable but um it's also, like, one of the few, I don't know. I, I kind of find that I, f- I seem to find that, um, like, earlier Tarantino more appealing to me for some reason, because I feel like there was a period where he just gets very, very self-indulgent, and it's like, I I think there was a, co- wasn't there a co-writer on Pulp Fiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, like, it, 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 it grounded him a little bit. And okay. Not that he always needs that, but I think in his earlier career, like, it kept him from maybe getting a little too wrapped up in his own, like. Like, the dialogue, it's still very Tarantino, but it's like, it's not as like. Every fucking scene is like a five page monologue, you know what I mean? It's still like very, like. <laughs> every flat. time you finish talking, it goes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Fuck this chair, you know? I I
1: think that I like Reservoir Dogs more than Pulp Fiction simply because it comes down to, like, expectations. Because I was always hearing, like, oh, Pulp Fiction is, like, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah,
0: it's kind of a cliche So,
1: So when I hear constantly, it's one of the greatest movies of all time, greatest movies of all time. And then, like, I hear, like,
0: Reservoir Dogs is, like,
1: like, good. It's pretty great. But I don't hear that same thing. And I go into Pulp Fiction expecting the greatest movie of all time. And I don't really like Pulp Fiction, but then Reservoir Dogs was like,
0: yeah, it's pretty great. And I was like,
1: yeah, that's on par. That's pr- It's pretty great. So I don't know. I would, s- out of everything I've seen, I know we're not really talking about Pulp Fiction, but I think yeah. Pulp Fiction's like my one of my least well, favorite. Well, we're kind
0: of talking about Tarantino yeah. overall. and Tar- okay. Tarantino's always been an interesting case for me and also for like me and Gage's relationship because obviously mm. when I first met Gage, it was like, You've obviously calmed down a lot more and have expanded your film taste. Tarantino! Well, my film taste. Tarantino. Let's be clear. My film taste at that time was, was Tarantino. Tarantino. I mean, there, like. There was nothing else. I know. And so, like, I think being around somebody that was like, Tarantino is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, of course, like, as a teenager, I'm like, well, he's not that good. And I so I sort of had, like, a little bit of a contrarian attitude, but. Mm-hmm. Like we said before, you were, like, jerking off to a shrine of Tarantino's children. every night. Every night. And bathing in his tears.
1: (laughs) I think I have the exact opposite, like, view from you, because you said you like what seems to be, like, his earlier work, like, the most.
0: Yeah, for the most part, I think he started to kind of, like... Like, I also found that I really, really like... um, once upon a time in Hollywood.
1: My favorites are all of the newest things. Well, can I? Like, can I... I, I haven't seen Hateful Eight, but like I like Inglourious Bastards, Django Unchained, Once Upon a Time. Those are like my favorites. of his. I want to
0: expand on something you said. You said self-indulgent in, in yeah. later movies. Hateful Eight is probably a really good. Is that example. mainly what you're what you're talking about? The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight is kind of around that period. Hateful Eight, Django Unchained. Okay, kind of so some that of the period. stuff you've seen from Django. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like, and we've talked about this before specifically this is probably a part of it but more specifically like his use of his inconsistent use of narration in his later movies right. Where like he, he just he narrates one scene and then it's so that would play into the once upon a time in hollywood for you that that issue yeah but also like with once upon a time in hollywood i also feel like even though that's in it the rest of the movie i feel like feels way more accessible for like a mainstream audience for, rest, a, for a Tarantino movie The rest com- of it makes up com- Yeah cool. compared to the rest of his His filmography Like I feel like I don't know Like the Like the dialogue Is still wordy and everything But it's It's like it's, it's like he's trimmed the fat A lot for that For that one For some reason Um And again I feel like I'm just I think it's Really just like a personal taste mm-hmm. Cause like It's not to say I don't like wordy dialogue Um I've talked about um, how, like, one of my favorite screenwriters who's, like, just is known for having, like, a similar style, sort of Aaron Sorkin, you know, just, like, the very, very wordy, very makes movies about people talking in rooms and, like, very clever dialogue. But I think the main difference between Tarantino's writing style and Aaron Sorkin's writing style is Aaron Sorkin is... is, Like witty back and forths as opposed to Tarantino, where it's again, it's like the three page monologue thing, yeah. And I think again, it really just comes down to a personal taste. It's not bad, it's just kind of like I don't, yeah, I don't really know how I stand as far as like old, new Tarantino. Yeah, I I think I think it was more clear cut for me like when I first saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. I don't, I don't hate it, but I'm, I don't think it's like. Yeah, I like. I can definitely again. I just watched *Inglorious Bastards* with you not too long ago for this mm-hmm. podcast, so I could very much see me like being like, yeah, that's probably one of his best movies. Yeah. Which one,
1: *Inglorious Bastards*? *Inglorious Bastards*. Once upon a time in Hollywood is my personal favorite, but I think *Inglorious Bastards* is like the best.
0: Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think over the last year, um, with *Reservoir Dogs* and *Pulp Fiction*, I've definitely um. Just kind of, not like grown up, but I've grown out of them a little. Yeah. Bit, those movies. Just like they definitely more so represent my early teenhood and in my right. mid teenhood, and, and now I'm just older and I'm discovering more things that I like. So it's it's not something I hold super close to my heart as much. Well, like anymore. we've talked about, I think it's kind of the st- it's in the same vein as like movies like Fight Club and like you know where it's it's the stereotypical like freshman year at film student. You know, yeah. got the Pulp Fiction poster in their bedroom, and it's like. I think I'm. I'm right yeah. now. I think I'm definitely more of a fan of the mid to late Tarantino with *Inglorious okay. Bastards* and Django. Yeah. Um. I. I, I definitely *Inglorious Bastards*. Just clarified to answer the question of the day is my favorite. But I also believe it is by far his best. Wait, I'm sorry. Which one? *Inglorious Bastards*. Yes. Okay. By far my favorite. By far his best. I believe. And um, I think right now, off the top of my head, honestly, like the only other movie that like. I don't know, I don't love... I just don't love Tarantino's stuff as much as I used to, and I think it's just because I was so into it for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I remember you talking about, at the time, you had never seen anything like it, and you were, it kind of changed how you right. saw, like, oh, shit, like, you could make movies this way. like, a, yeah, like, yeah. You know?
1: I, I always was, like, confused when I... Obviously, I'm biased because I'm not the biggest fan of Pulp Fiction because I saw Inglourious Bastards, and, and it, I just it's just weird to me that Pulp Fiction seems to be, like the most highly regarded like best one like i think it's uh, when i think *Inglorious glorious bastards is like
0: i think for I think the it, one i think culturally like it just has like a much bigger impact it's not that it's like the best one quality wise i think mm-hmm. it's just like the most quotable it's like it came out at that certain time it was like his second film and that was like the movie that like really like i mean reservoir dogs i know like got him some attention obviously but like Pulp Fiction was the movie that like put Tarantino on the map and made yeah. him a household name. I think uh, as far as early Tarantino goes, especially now that I'm older, that something that doesn't resonate with me as much. I mean, not to say it really ever did, but I'm definitely noticing it more. Uh-huh. Is just the 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 tone of his earlier movies yeah. is not something that really connects with me. Um, hmm. I, I don't. I can't. I wouldn't even try to explain the tone of Pulp Fiction or the tone of Reservoir Dogs or the tone of Jackie Brown. Um, it's just not something that I'm looking for out of films right. anymore, at least in at the moment. Whereas like I'm definitely more towards I'm looking for more things like Django and Glorious Bastards and the Hateful Eight, those type of tones. And honestly yeah. I think he's he definitely found his style and his footing in those films and then I, H- Hateful Eight is like a mixed bag for me, but mm. we can get into that time. Yeah, um, I didn't mean to backtrack, but I was also, I just remembered like, oh, there's another Tarantino film I've seen, which is, um, the second half of, um, Grindhouse. House is Death Proof. Yeah. So, yeah, if you yeah. count that as one movie or, you know, everybody has okay. a different opinion on that. So, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we move on to talking about, um, Glorious Bastards, I want to talk a little bit more about Reservoir Dogs and I find the making of this movie very interesting you probably know a little bit more than I do but from what I understand like Tarantino had like what two or three like screenwriting jobs before this like he wrote some movies yeah he wrote uh Natural Born Killers and True Romance and I have Um, And he sold those scripts, and I believe he used the money to fund Reservoir Dogs, and it was that mixed with Harvey Keitel's involvement that got the movie made. Yeah, and he wasn't, like, a director, really. He just, like, he was just some... I mean, he did that short... He did that film that got lost. Right, but um, I mean, like... But nothing. But, like, he didn't submit that to film festivals or anything. It was just something he did with his friends, right? Yeah. um, Otherwise, he was just some dude, (laughs) which I find miraculous. Like, obviously, that was sort of, like towards the the, the the birth of, like, the indie boom of the 90s around mm. that time. But, like, even then, I think that's, like, completely unheard of. That it's just, like, a guy writes a script, a famous person reads it, he gets attached, they get money, and yeah. then all of a sudden he directs a movie with all these big-name actors, he stars in it, yeah. partially, yeah, and it turns out to actually be, like, a good movie and, like, get some attention. Like, it's crazy. Like, he was a he was a success overnight, which is fucking insane. You almost never nice. see that. It's just, I also
1: find it very strange because You'd- just thinking of, like, Pulp Fiction coming into theaters and then just v- visualizing a bunch of people seeing a poster or a trailer for that, and just being like, oh, yeah, we gotta go see that. It's just, like, a strange concept in my head. Like... Yeah. You know? Like, there's some movies where it's, like, it, it it's it almost seems like one of those movies that would be hard to market if that makes talking sense. talking about Reservoir Dogs. No, Pulp Fiction, because that was the one you said oh. that put him on the map. You know.
0: Yeah, well, I think that originally came out at the Cannes Film Festival. I think. I think so. Yeah. So it was originally like a film festival movie. I don't exactly know if that was like a wide theatrical release oh, or if that okay. was like a. I'm not sure. I don't know. I um, honestly don't know. Um. I mean, I feel like I heard that Reservoir Dogs like. Did really well like on video or something Probably like that. I, again, I could be mixing that with Evil Dead or something, but um yeah, it's it's so crazy because like you often you'll go and you'll watch these like documentaries about like how like a lot, a lot of these like famous directors like you know your Spielberg, your George Lucas, your Sam Raimi, whoever, and how they like got their start. And often it's like, oh yeah, they. They uh, went to film school and they had yeah. to work up and they were a PA and he got us, David Fincher got to start making music videos and he was living off his, you know, he was living with a friend and he was, he had, you know, like people traditionally have to like having to work up in the industry, but with Tarantino, he, it's like, he was like fully formed and almost successful, like right out the gate, which is kind of crazy to think about yeah you can kind of uh the whole indie phase the whole indie um wave of filmmaking kind of you could argue made uh was birthed with uh tarantino smith link later and then mm-hmm. you know here we are now yeah so I, yeah yeah i just find it really fascinating um you also said that that uh that samuel jackson i believe a, samuel jackson was supposed to play yeah. a character in this but he was unable to or something mm. it's been a while since i've read up on it um yeah but i mean yeah the, the cast is is stacked um and i think i don't know how famous tim roth was before this movie but yeah i'm not sure tarantino is known for like putting a lot of actors on the map right so i'm um yeah this was distributed by miramax Did yeah you find that out for sure uh, I thought it was. I can look. The thing is, when we watched it, there wasn't a like a th- like a logo at the beginning. Yeah, it might not be. It might. Miramax might have not came into the picture until. uh... Yeah, Steve Buscemi was obviously huge before that, right? I think so. Yeah. This was it 1992? Yep. Yeah. So was, yeah, I mean, damn. What else was the? Oh, it's not. That? It's not. Okay, so it wasn't Miramax. It was just. I'm weird. not sure. I'm sure he was. In a I mean, the stuff.
1: earliest other than Reservoir Dogs I can remember is like Armageddon which was 1998
0: (laughs) I'm sure he was in a bunch of shit before that that we did never even seen Um, Steve Buscemi Um, but yeah I mean but other than those like screenwriting jobs he was just like a really nerdy guy who worked at a video who worked at a video store and was obsessed with movies right and it's kind of created this whole you know this whole thing of um, like do you really need to go to film school you know do you really need to do all these things he didn't even graduate high school he dropped out when he was fifteen, mm-hmm. so it's it's. I think it's an inspiring story, personally. Right, but yeah. it's also like anybody who knows anything about Tarantino, like his brain just moves so fucking fast. Like I think yeah. it's obvious that he was gonna have a future doing something related to yeah, movies film, and yeah, he, and he, his knowledge is just so extensive. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, again, this might not be the most PC thing, but he's basically like if you were to give like. Like someone who was probably maybe very high functioning on the spectrum mm-hmm. who was obsessed with movies and then like you gave him like overnight success probably I mean that's ba- that's basically when you boil when you boil it down that's who Tarantino is mm-hmm. he's just like a gigantic film nerd yeah yeah what's he is. going on here yeah you can tell you he's he's a genuine nerd yeah when it comes to movies we, s- we make fun of you know yeah. Is like, God, look up that clip of. I'm uh, here to sell my movie. Look up Tarantino um, at a coffee shop. That is, or a Starbucks. That is the funniest fucking. thing when he uh, shuts
1: down that reporter.
0: Yeah, I'm shutting your butt down. He wasn't even a reporter. It was well, just something some different? Paparazzi. I know. Guy. I
1: know. Oh, yeah. I'm talking What's about. What's
0: going on it? here? What's going on here? Can you not talk to me? It's so funny. Um, so. People I guess up and down the street. As far as my stance on Reservoir Dogs go, I'm not gonna go for it. It's So perfect. Um, as far as my stance, it's, it's definitely hard for me to judge it, um, with a clear lens and, Mm -hmm. and without bias, um, because I've seen it so many fucking times and I just, it's hard to really say with, you know, it's hard to really say exactly how I feel about it. Um, it's still, it's always going to be one of those movies that kind of inspired me to make movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it'll never not be that. I might just kind of grow out of it and not really uh, right. watch it that often. I don't think I'd see myself watching it again anytime soon because it's just kind of... I've I've just kind of watched it to death at this point. Yeah. I think the performances are all really good. Um, Michael Madsen in particular is just, like, pretty menacing in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, like, the the iconic, famous scene. The iconic scene. Soundtrack, obviously, because it's a Tarantino movie, is wonderful. Yeah. Um, the location scouting I mean like The the warehouse is good They're all like locations But it's not that, like... like It's not the best There isn't um, That's another thing With earlier Tarantino movies Sometimes like Not a lot of notable locations I feel like personally
1: mm-hmm. well, nothing. Pulp, I feel like Pulp Fiction has like
0: It has some But I think that there's also A good mix of like things That are like uh, I don't know I could have I, I would have I don't know I, I can't Again I can't really explain it Something about the tone and stuff Uh, that I think he kind of nails later on in his filmmaking I kind of feel like Reservoir Dogs has like I I said this while we were watching but like a scrappy kind of feel to it but actually kind of works in its favor although it's like it's right on the edge of like we were talking about that sometimes the performances are a little like eh like it's obvious like Tarantino's this is his first like big production where he's like directing people basically for the first time you know see Buscemi is also really good oh yeah Mm -hmm. he's a fucking pro Um, This is kind of interesting, too. Something that's hard about Tarantino is, like, so many people have just mimicked the fucking shit out of his movies, Mm -hmm. especially Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. The style, the everything. I brought up, while we were watching it, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize how much, like, Baby Driver ripped off this movie. Like, the scenes with Kevin Spacey and John Berthall and the... In the in warehouses and shit, like that's straight. That's basically a pseudo Reservoir Dogs parody. Yeah, and like I mean, I can think of so many like dorky little short films that I've seen on YouTube and all these things that mm-hmm. have just like I mean, I'm one of those people that <laughs> that uh yeah just fucking tried to make their own little Tarantino film and it's just so cheesy and corny. And I wonder how much that affects the origin of that. Mm-hmm. It was the it, it, even if it. Something was the first thing to do something like if so many things have kind of made it like a cliche or kind of cheesy afterwards. Yeah, is it? It's it makes it harder to look at the um, the first thing right um, clearly um, without uh, without all that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just wonder how, how big of an effect that has on it. I think what?
1: it's so cool that he. I keep going back to Pulp Fiction, even though we're not technically like one of the. Like, talking movie points, but I just think it's so cool. He went from wor- Reservoir Dogs, where, yeah, he had, a, like, a few, like, d- you know, pretty big-ish movie stars, and then just, like, his next movie was, like, Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, like, people who were, like, well-established yeah. A-listers. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, I just think that's really
0: cool. Well, I mean, yeah, I think his first movie definitely got got people's attention. I mean, Harvey Keitel was a, is a fucking, he was a huge name. Was he? Yeah, and I guess uh the other two older guys in the film were pretty well known actors as well, and it was kind of a big deal for them to be there. Yeah. So it kind of opened that door to like having a lot of these actors in, I think, after the fact. I don't know if I said this yet, but I like this movie. <laughs> I feel like oh, it, yeah, no, I, I like didn't actually, say, actually I, say this. I, I gave this movie five stars. I only rate movies five stars. I only rate like basically my favorite movies on yeah. letterbox. I don't rate anything else. Honestly, I'll probably buy this on Blu ray. Yeah, I own it. I, I gave it five stars originally and I changed it just because I'm not confident in it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't like to think too hardly about why that is, but it, it, it's not like I liked it less. I just think I've, like I said, I've kind of grown out of it. It's not something I'm obsessed with anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it is a little bit sad, but what can you do? So.
1: I, yeah. I think it's a movie.
0: It's definitely a movie.
1: It's not... uh, As much as it is a good movie, I wouldn't say it's an incredibly rewatchable movie. Um, Like, I've had that movie on my Blu-ray shelf for probably, like, two years. I still haven't picked it up once. Mm -hmm. But, like, I still own it because I think it's that good, but I just don't think it's something that you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch Reservoir Dogs again. I'm going to throw it on, you know?
0: I'd be interested in watching... Assuming there's quite a bit of behind-the-scenes on the Mm Blu-ray. Like, how the movie was made and stuff. Because, I I don't know, I just find all that very interesting. Because Tarantino is such a, like, big name, especially in, like, the film community. And even not so in the film community of, like... Amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, I love Tarantino. But it's like, to, 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 to see... A movie director who, like, is so in the, like, cultural zeitgeist and everything. hmm Come back. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, to see, like, hear from people talking about, like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? You know, it's very interesting to me. Anyway. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Get out of here. Would you call me? Is probably my favorite movie.
1: Don't worry, it's spelled wrong.
0: Um so I thought it was throwing that out I there I thought it was clerks no longer clickbait no longer clerks damn
1: glorious bastards with an E
0: um I have always loved this movie but I think my it is it hasn't even grown I've always loved this movie equal like just the same amount mm-hmm. but I've just as time progressed it's just like it keeps I'm rich. just coming to the realization that it is my favorite at least at the moment and um Yes, I love it to death. Um, I love basically every aspect about it. We were talking about, you know, what separates the old from the new Tarantino, and I'm thinking maybe it's the period pieces, because, I mean, you look at the last four movies he's made, they're all period pieces. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know, something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I definitely enjoy the, uh, the t- I, I'm interested in the time period this takes place, which is something that you and I, you know, differentiate on, because you're much more into, like, the, the once upon a time time period, and... I'm more into like this time period mm-hmm. for some reason. It's just fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I love this movie. I could go on for hours, but I would like to hear some thoughts from you guys. Yeah, so this is the first time I've seen this all the way through. I had watched like the, the first, yep, the first uh, thirty or so minutes like a long time ago. Got caught up with something else. Um, regardless how I feel about this movie, whether I think it's his best or Close to being his best. I can just confidently say that that opening scene is one of the best things that Tarantino's ever made. Yeah. Just period. Yeah. I mean, it's like a flawless fucking opening scene. Mm -hmm. Like, my God. It's so stressful. I I had seen it before and I was like just as fucking invested. Right. The first time I saw it. Oh. Yeah, I don't think direction gets much better than that, to be honest. That it's opens. so stressful,
1: no. and there's so much suspense. Like it's, you're, I don't know.
0: It it like throws you into the mindset of the period too, the paranoia, right. and, and the um and all that stuff, and and it's, it on so many levels just completely engrosses you. I think, mm-hmm. and um and then you're just into the story. It mm. is just so so yeah. well done. Um yeah, and tension. Um I, I've seen like so many I, countless videos about that opening scene that oh, are just yeah. like analysis of tension and right. and stuff like that and Yeah, rightfully so I think. So how much does the time period aspect like <clears throat> like uh harm the movie for you as far it does as it doesn't harm it
1: at all. I like okay. it. I, yeah. I don't dislike it at all. I think it's it's great. I just it's like I just happen to like the seventies uh, more. Okay. Like I don't f- think Either of them are bad at all. Okay. You mean That's the 60s?
0: You, Same, diff. are you talking about? Uh, are Once you comparing it time? to Once Upon a Time? Mm-hmm. Is that 60s? Isn't it like the late... Well, there's like... The, well, tail, there's end, like the, the hip, tail end of the 60s? There's like
1: hippies and stuff, so I don't know. I just kind of associate okay. hippies right. with 70s. I was just trying
0: to figure out what you were comparing it to. Like, mm-hmm. what movie? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't
1: think it's bad at all. I think it's done really, really well with the set design and, and the costuming and and... All that
0: jazz. Well, we kind of talked about this, Gage, because after we watched it, you were talking about how you felt like um, this movie is, like, compared to... It's, like, Tarantino at his most, like, mature. And I feel like a big reason because of that is the time period. Like, it causes him to, like... Yes. ...have to have a, sort, a certain reverence... That's a good point. ...for it, even though he's sort of rewriting history. The, the, the idea of it in itself forces him into that mature maturity mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with that it's well, interesting i mean there are still parts where like the what the fuck tarantino kind of obviously turns yeah. its head like the th- that like quick like two second of oh, just yeah. that guy fucking and also like did we need to know that no i don't, just, <laughs> was that i, th- th- I thought it was funny
1: it was funny but it had nothing to do with it just imagine that watching that in the theater and be like wow i'm
0: so invested oh Okay. And I think maturity-wise, at least what I mean is like he he steps back and doesn't his hands aren't all over the movie. That's another thing with Tarantino yeah. movies of like it's so hard to separate the movie from the man cuz it's almost like his movies are he's almost at a certain arm's length most of the time where it's like he wants you to know that he mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino made yeah. this fucking movie. Definitely. Like, he'll start narrating it randomly out of nowhere, uh, you know. Yeah. And, like, there's even, like, meta lines. And he, that's even in Inglour- towards the end of *Inglorious Bastards, the line we end on is, like, I think I made my masterpiece. I mean, again, it's it's obviously supposed to have, like, a... Yeah. It works in the context of the scene, but it, it's the last line before we cut to credits. Like, it's, you know... You yeah, knew what he was fucking it's doing It's done there. so well. It's so beautiful. I but it's, it's hard to separate... Tarantino from the movie and I feel like Within Glorious Bastards it's probably from what I've seen anyway the movie where it felt like it felt the least like a quote unquote Tarantino film you mm-hmm. know um, most of the movie is uh, subtitled it's like French right which I, which I love because I, I, most movies like this tend to you know not be as uh, mm-hmm. they just do the English shit and they just speak German They're, they have the German accent and they speak yeah. English and it's like it just totally takes me out of it I can't do it right personally and they actually have like a reason for switching back and forth right it's not just like the yeah. way they did it
1: at the beginning was really smart I yeah. was like oh they do it really well.
0: yeah they actually use use it to like build tension and yes yeah it's not just like a I'm going to switch to English, English. because <laughs> I want to because i want because i want to um i yeah i don't know like uh it's interesting with his later films i think inglorious bastards is by far the peak um and then we get django and it doesn't go super far down like i really like django mm-hmm. and then a little bit down with hateful eight and then hateful eight seems to be like the like a like a benchmark for it's, us. like we keep bringing it up it's it's that it's would that you split. go would you go as far as to say it might be his worst film no god no oh, what okay. do you think is his worst yeah Out of curiosity. uh curiosity please jackie don't brown. say I
1: once upon a time in
0: hollywood it would break my heart uh probably kill bill 2 thank god interesting yeah um and then yeah i'm not super big on jackie brown that definitely seems like his like black sheep movie the movie that like people don't hate but no one really talks about okay it. worse kill bill 2 uh jackie brown death proof once Upon a Time, probably for me. Okay.
1: I would say my least favorite, although if you want to give me shit because I didn't finish it, Kill Bill won, but I only got halfway through before I turned it off. So if you don't count that, then I would say Pulp Fiction is my least favorite See, of his. See,
0: Hateful Eight might, might even be my second favorite in some aspects. What's frustrating about that movie, especially having seen Once Upon a Time yeah. with the hindsight... There's so many things in the Hateful Eight that he does yeah. that, are the reasons I dis I don't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like it was okay. like the transition. Okay, this is what Tarantino is going to become now. Yeah. Like the Hateful Eight still had the Inglorious Bastards and the Django aspects, but it also had this an- another another element to it um, that I'm I'm just going to say this very bluntly, and it's going to and you know this is one of my idols, and I you know feel like a piece of shit doing this, but I I do feel like um tarantino's later writing has gotten a little bit lazy and i think it started in the hateful eight and i think it was very prevalent in once upon a time in hollywood and Mm -hmm. it's and it comes from um in a lot of ways the uh the narration like you said yeah and it, it comes in in the hateful eight and it works better for the hateful eight in the hateful eight's favor because it's like a it's like a um uh, you know, it kind of feels a like clue, and and yeah, and we've talked about that. It, it just seems like there's a lot about Hateful Eight that we've talked about that just like bothers us. Mm-hmm. Um, and by no means is the Hateful Eight a bad movie. Like I own the movie. Yeah. Um, but um, it there definitely seems like there's a lot of shit like not only the inconsistent narration, but specifically in the Hateful Eight, like again, spoilers if you haven't seen. I the haven't Hateful seen Eight. it. Oh, okay well <laughs> no I can explain this without spoiling anything okay basically like the part of the movie that's supposed to be the whodunit yeah lasts like maybe 20 minutes and then he just tells you a piece of information with narration with Tarantino literally speaking like he's doing like the narration. Tarantino
1: does it himself yeah he does it himself that's funny and he tells
0: you something that would have been way more fascinating if you didn't know and huh. then like for the majority of the movie, that's supposed to be the Who Done It part, it's over before it begins. Yeah, and that and it, it's like the mix of those things. Wait, like, you say the first twenty minutes or the last twenty minutes? No, like the Who Done the actual part where you're supposed to be like, oh. all right, who did it? It also, only lasts like twenty minutes or Also, the so. the, huh. the reveal mystery and mystery aspect of the Hateful Eight is the most like, yeah, okay, yeah, thing of all time. Like, it's, there's just no surprise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's annoying because it's like they sold it as like this kind yeah, of like this movie, mystery. Yeah, movie. this movie supposed to be like a mystery? Yeah. So that was a very disappointing aspect, but I loved so much of it. And maybe that's partly why it frustrated me so much is because, you know, I love yeah. so many other qualities about it. Um, yeah, so the presentation and like the buildup and the everything. The characters I really liked. Samuel Jackson, Walton Goggins' characters I really enjoyed. And, yeah. they're, and they're like... But it, once it comes to the point where it's like, all right... We got all these characters. It's in this location. Yeah. It's we're gonna do the mystery who done it thing. Like it lasts like yeah, like maybe so, 20, 30 minutes yeah. and so, it's over. I guess my point is like a lot of the lazy writing started there and it mm-hmm. really, really um, what's the word? Uh, translated over to the yeah. the the story of the uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean I haven't seen the hateful eight, but
1: so. I don't have an opinion in that regard, but I don't personally... I like how it's presented in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It seems like a literal like break in the movie, like an intermission where it's like there's the first half of the movie, then there's this the second half where it's like, all right, we're going to skip ahead... I like six years later, did it say? I don't remember.
0: Something a lot.
1: But like years later, and it's like we're, we're taking a break halfway through the mo- mo- movie, and it's like... It's almost a three-hour movie, so for them to... Describe this little part of his his I mean I guess not little but this part of his life that in the grand scheme of thing doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on like the
0: rest of the the story that's trying to be presented. I think it works better in Once Upon a Time because the like the format of the movie is different, and I'll explain what I mean. Of like, The Hateful Eight is meant to be like basically a little bit of a throwback to like a movie like Reservoir Dogs where it's like primarily one location it's sort of a, there's like a mystery element to it it's kind of like a in in a sense it's kind of like a thriller in that way a little bit um you know so there's like there's like a very direct like you know where we're heading it's going to like a you know you know what i mean yeah 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 but with Uh, Once upon a time, it's just kind of a hangout movie, so I feel like it's a little bit more forgiving. I don't really like it in either movie, yeah. But like in Hateful Eight, it was like really bad in my opinion, and I was just like, it took me out of. I was like, oh, I would have liked this way more if you didn't tell me that. I think yeah, I agree that it's like a hangout movie. Once upon a time, so it's like, you know, you can get away with that a little bit more. But I can't, I can't help but like feel that because it's Tarantino, we're all okay with it. Yeah, right? it's sort of, it sort of comes off like, I'm going to do this, and you're going to be fine with it because I'm Tarantino. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, just... It, I can do
0: anything. I mean, once upon a time, like, as far as information goes, they just unload shit on you. Mm-hmm. It's like all these things that happen, that is ha- that have happened to these characters for, like, yeah, like six years or something, and it is just so much information. Maybe it's not super prevalent, like yeah. the part in The Hateful Eight. It is very important. Um, <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, do you just want to, like... I just want to unload all of my yeah my your, love your this gush yeah, yeah now okay. would be the time to do so I'll just unload my gush all right so yeah I Christoph Waltz is plays one of the most just the be, one of the best movie villains I guess of all time I think Would you go as far as to say he owns this movie Uh I feel like he gets pretty fucking close I think you could yeah he gets pretty close Probably on like Blu-ray or 4K or something Maybe one of the best laser yeah, one of the one of the one of the best best performances I've honestly ever seen, and I still stand by that. And uh, I'm very happy. I believe he won Ooh, won an Oscar. That's a bingo. It's, it's that's so, so good. funny. Is that how you say it? Bingo? <laughs> That's a bingo. I think you just say bingo. I think you just say bingo. We usually just say bingo. Yeah, it's... Bingo! Bingo! How fun! Yeah, it's... He's, he's fucking phenomenal. And that was his first phenomenal. American film. Yeah, I believe so, or at least mm-hmm. one of... Because
1: I mean. we were looking him up, and he had a bunch of, like, German yeah. movies, yeah. I think, that he was in, that, like, I, I don't think any of us or mm-hmm. probably any of you have ever heard of. It's yeah. just...
0: Maybe you have. We haven't, because we're not as elitist as you. Right. But we're getting there.
1: You Nazi. That's
0: You um, Nazi. But yeah. Uh, I want my Nazi scouts. That was a really good impression. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of what else to say. This um, movie is just sacked with, with actors. Um, You got uh, Michael Fassbender. You got Brad Pitt. You got Eli Roth. You got Christoph Waltz. You got um, Mike Myers who makes an appearance and, so does, and does really well, I, I believe.
1: He's so good at accents.
0: Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, you got an amazing uh, performance as Hitler, um, I thought. He was really good. I think I was, I'm pretty sure... He I, probably plays Hitler. I was going to
1: say, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's played Hitler in, like, a few things. Can you imagine
0: if that was, like, your job to just play Hitler in movies? We got to call up the Hitler actor. I'm sure that's what he called him—the Hitler actor. There's, a, right? there's an acting agency specifically for Hitler lookalikes. Are you
1: the Hitler actor? I, nine. I, yeah, I don't know the German <laughs> word for yes. So I just nine. It's ten, actually. Yeah. Is it really?
0: No. Uh, <laughs> so much nine that's almost ten. Oh. Uh, oh, Melanie Laurent, I believe is her name. She's also re- really good in this movie. Melanie. Lots of good people. Lots of good actors. Le- lots, of, le- lots of good performances. Lemony Torrent? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Lemony Snicket? Yeah, so Daniel Brühl's really good. All the performances are really good in this movie. Um, I I love, like, all... I love to death all just the scenes of... Just, like, the, the cafe scenes, the bar scenes... Of them just, like, sitting around, smoking cigarettes... Drinking coffee, eating food. All the Nazi talk. It's It's really comfy. I love it. You should do, if you haven't already... A movies in the morning and or just a video on your channel about *Glorious Bastards*. I was thinking about it. To be honest, I mean it just makes sense. I was thinking about that. Do one about that. Do one about the thing. Do one about. Ooh. Um, Bucky Larson, born to be a star, a cinematic classic. Wow. I don't yeah. Know what, I don't know what's always that. Movie I, that I
1: would say my favorite part of *Glorious Bastards* is like pretty much anything that takes place in the theater. I mean when. uh Oh yeah. Christoph Waltz comes to like greet them at the beginning you and. Got fuzz. Oh really?
0: Yeah. Where? Oh yeah, yeah. oh you, yeah. The part the where Gorlami part. Yeah, Gorlami. I love I, D- Dominic de Coco. That scene's so much funnier too because of the pr- previous scene when they're just like, "I speak the most Italian, so yeah. I'll be first. and then, and then it's like, and he's the shittiest. And ever. then yeah, and then the guy who like I don't even speak Italian is the best one. Yeah, I this agree. movie
1: is funny. Like it, it, it also is. so.
0: It's got that. It's got that tragic humor that Django has, where it's like really fucked up it's but hilarious. Bingo.
1: Like, like, all the situations
0: shit. are funny, but there's mm. comedy in there.
1: Like, you're Hitler literally talking about, like, Nazi Germany. Right. And it's like... Yeah. You're, you're somehow making light of it.
0: Right. And it's not, like, distasteful. I have a question. Mm. Like, mm. as far as the, the changing the history thing... Yeah. because um, obviously, like, they shoot and kill Hitler and all mm. these people and end the war because mm. of Christopher... Christoph Waltz, um, his character, his character in the movie, um, Hans Landa. Ah, Landa! Sorry. Um how do you feel about it well i feel like with the characters that we decide to focus on um it makes sense because well it it makes the movie more impactful and engaging because i mean imagine how lame it would be follow the same group of characters you know they're doing the same thing at the end except like hitler wasn't there And then, like, it's just like, oh, yeah. And then Hitler died years later off screen. like After killing millions of poor Jewish people. Yeah, it might be more historically accurate, but I I think most people aren't going into... Hopefully aren't going into this movie. The rest of... Complete... Like, they're not looking for, like, a
1: biopic. The rest of Hitler's life is just, like, after the fact narrated by Kurt Russell to finish the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What I love... I mean, I don't... I don't love once upon a time in Hollywood but what I love about this movie and I guess he does it in that movie you couldn't say that he doesn't is that he changes the history of the course of history because he places these characters these fictional characters within these events and because of these fictional characters existence they impact they impact the the history and I think that's cool Mm -hmm. Um, it feels it doesn't feel like a cheap way to tell an exciting story it doesn't feel like like Forrest Gump you know how does for what? what do you mean? Well like in Forrest Gump they imply that like he he's basically Well I guess actually they I guess that is an example of them doing that, but I don't know, in Forrest Gump it's kinda like What is I, it, what do you, how does history be changed? Have you seen Forrest Gump? hmm Yeah. Well, I don't but, think
1: history is changed. I think well, it's Well they really, in, they imply He's kind of the reason Yeah, no, they imply that he's the reason behind everything a reason like, behind like, a lot of history. Like, oh, stuff.
0: yeah, he's the one who taught Elvis the uh, song. He's the no. reason that did... Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. It, so it,
1: it's still it. technically historically accurate based on, like, but, what, what happened with those people and those places later? I think
0: it's less interesting. It just feels like a... Like a again, mm-hmm. it's the Back to the Future. Like, the new sound you're looking for will listen to this, you know? So it's like... What do you?
1: And that's just a contradiction inside of Back to the Future itself. was a plot hole. Yeah. Uh, wait. Mean, can I answer that yeah, question yeah. really quick?
0: Sorry.
1: I'm a, I'm afraid of, of how much I love like the whole like changing history thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I love how it's done in Glorious Bastards, and I love how it's done in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like, I'm afraid that I kind of want Quentin Tarantino to keep doing that. But I'm like, but I don't want it to become monotonous and repetitive. So like, yeah. I want more of it but I don't want it to become
0: too much. See, in Django it makes sense. It doesn't happen in Django. Oh, it doesn't? Well, I mean, I know Django's supposed to be like a kind of like a like an old folktale kind of thing. Oh, it was Django like history like changed? No, nothing. No, it's just a it's just a western. It doesn't change history. Right. But isn't it a fictional character? Yeah. Actually, wasn't there a Django movie before yeah. Django? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's technically like a sequel or yeah, so it was glorious bastards or a remake? that's right uh when did that movie come out the original Inglorious Bastards I think the 70s okay Sixties or 70s and okay was it a documentary or was it a it was a movie okay I wanna watch it interesting yeah very interesting um I don't personally love the way it was done in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I hope it doesn't become a shtick um for him because I feel like that was just such a cool aspect of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or of uh, Inglorious Bastards and then, like I, I don't know when it happened in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It seemed like I don't know people. A lot of people liked it and said that, like, oh yeah, it's so cool that he changed history. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, he did that with the hateful, he with the uh, mm-hmm. Bastards. And not only <clears throat> did he do that, but like. We're talking about, the, like, World War Two ended and they killed Hitler. Like, how... Yeah. How, like, massive is that? But
1: I love how, like, the ending is almost, like, somber and sweet and personable because it's small-scale. But it, it doesn't...
0: I don't understand, really, the idea behind why that was necessary. I mean, like, what is the point of these two... I mean, obviously, it would be better if these two people were alive, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, why? It's not like ending world war Two. Yeah. yeah. it almost feels kind of distasteful to me personally because so. it's about two people and like i don't know and like changing their history and things it's, it's just, just weird not distasteful just like odd it's odd interesting
1: choice. to think if like because sharon sharon tate was an up-and-coming actress so it's interesting to think if these two fictional characters were real it's like and they had by just by chance stopped this like it's interesting to think like, oh, her career could have... I mean, obviously, doesn't give any answers after the fact of this happening, but she was up and coming. You can see, like, oh, shit, she could have skyrocketed, and then Leonardo DiCaprio, and you know, his career started to take off because of this, and it's just, like, an interesting...
0: You're right, but you can yeah. see, like, why, like, I... Yeah, it ends because World War Two
1: Obviously, states. it's not comparable, because one I'm... ends World War Two and the other, like, saves... Yeah. I mean, the Manson family murders are, like, historic, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. not to the extent of World War Two, but to put in, I guess... I just don't understand,
0: to... like, what... Like, the the changing of history of, like, World War Two feels like... Like, this is a moment where we should be able to, like, cheer in the movie and be like, this is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand the reaction i'm supposed to be feeling by the changing of history and once one I, I
1: get the i mean one's more grand scheme of things you want to be cheering and stuff and then the other one i think is like, like i an, said more somber and sweet like oh that's... it's an idealized version of yeah uh,
0: you know the 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 history um i find that interesting because like you know they did like a lot of work to make like sharon tate like I, i'm pretty sure like sharon tate were or Margot Robbie wore some of Sharon Tate's like
1: actual jewelry. I don't. I don't.
0: Well, wasn't there her family, the ones that like donated that and did yeah. the, like sign off on the movie and like? Yeah, they, they said really they
1: like said Margot Robbie was like the perfect embodiment of what they thought Sharon Tate. But was. Bruce
0: Lee, fuck him! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make him look I like mean, a this bitch. Is, I also have bigger critiques of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like the Manson stuff shouldn't have even been in the movie. Yeah, what? It's weird. Well, no. I I wonder if that's a marketing thing. Cause it was like marketed as. I remember when he was filming it, it was like they are like, "Oh yeah, um, fucking Tarantino's making a movie about the Manson Family murders." And then, not. And really. then when you watch it, it's not really a movie about that. It's it sort kind of feels of, tacked on. To me. It's in the background. It's kind of looming behind everything. Yeah, but it's not really like a. Yeah, yeah it's not what the movie's about. I like it.
1: I, I like that it's like a side story about this struggling actor. That, like, blossoms into, like, this bigger thing that's like, oh, it's just about this struggling actor. And then it's like, oh, shit. But he stopped this, like.
0: I'm mm-hmm. just far more interested in, in their, like, acting careers and stuff and them mm-hmm. together yeah. as friends than I am. I
1: like the idea, though, that because he he did this, he will now, like, know personally. I mean, it's, like, inferenced, I guess, that he'll know personally, like, Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate.
0: Inferred. What'd you say? Uh, don't, don't, don't do that. I'm just helping you. Shut up, I'm smart. Did he make up a word? I I said inference. Inferenced. I inferenced it. Whatever, I mean. I wasn't trying to be a dick, I was trying to help you. I don't like you anymore, Gage. Well now people can't make fun of you in the comments. I just helped you.
1: I would prefer if you made fun of me in the comments (laughs) over Gage. I mean, I like both. I don't, I don't dislike either of them. I just, like, one. You're rooting, or the first one, you're rooting for, like, an entire nation, and the other one, you're rooting for a singular person, which I feel like makes it, like I said, like more
0: personable, I guess. Yeah. If like, yay, yeah, yeah, that person that I've been with through this entire film but is... I, I could also understand if you're not, in, like, if you were not interested in Sharon Tate as a person at all. So I mean, I'm not. I have no idea who she
1: really is, but, like, <laughs> but... I like the idea of it. The idea of an up-and-coming actress. Yeah. Who, you know what? If maybe this shit did actually happen, maybe we she would be a household name. That's, that's the fun thing about it. Mm. That's the fun thing about murder.
0: <laughs> Help. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know what else to talk about because when we do these episodes, like we were saying, where it's all positive... We all really like it. We turn into zombies. We turn into zombies. We're like, it's good. Uh, uh, yep.
1: Okay. Yep. How do even, we do this?
0: Even our favorite movies. It's bizarre. So we need to, We'll. We promise we'll try to work on this in the future. Yeah, I got to start taking notes because our Borat episode is the best fucking episode and I actually took notes. That was the only time I ever did. I also think our Tenant and Devil of the Time is a really good episode. Somehow we just managed to make that work. Yeah.
1: I think it's easier with movies that like your first time viewing you know if that makes sense because it's like your fresh thoughts your fresh thoughts immediately after so watching movies we've already watched before it's not fresh thoughts you like initially think well and i mean
0: like when you when it's these older movies that you love or something like the ideas you're exploring aren't super new so it's not very exciting to like Mm -hmm. you know vocalize any of it You kind of just kind of it's like sitting back in your subconscious so you're not also what do you say about a movie like inglorious bastards or reservoir dogs that hasn't been said a million times yeah it's tough i think that's a big part of it too yeah or like just shit that's not obvious i guess you know yeah um yeah but uh i mean i really like both these movies i would like to talk maybe about some more tarantino movies in the future Um, maybe like uh, hatefully and once upon a time because like we're kind of mixed on those I think yeah um, a little bit more Um, seems like we we kept going back to talking yeah I think it was interesting because it seemed like we were more like kind of pushing the conversation to go in that area. Just I Tarantino overall. Yeah, the hatefully and Once Upon a Time. I think there's a lot. There's a big discussion there. I think in Glorious Bastards, you can look at it and kind of just be like, yeah, it's objectively like a good movie. And you ever, you ever watch a movie that's so good that it's boring? Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like Twelve Years a Slave, where you're like, it's perfect. I never want to watch this again.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of like Oscar-based yeah. movies that are like that. It's like there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I just don't want to watch it again ever. Yeah. There's no desire.
1: I'm also curious. I don't think uh, *Glorious
0: Bastard* was just like that for me, but no, maybe. but it just made me think of that.
1: I'm I'm curious about uh, our audience members in the comment section. I want to see your rankings of the Tarantino movies. Oh yeah,
0: rankings would be cool too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to see that from you.
0: Yeah, please, please communicate with us. Not only does it help our sanity and our souls, but it helps the algorithm. Helps our souls. I'll praise the algorithm. Oh, (laughs) praise the CEO of YouTube. I don't remember her name. If you want us to become popular, praise the algorithm. Toes are molesting my toes currently. Hey, hey, buddy. None of us have shoes on. Glorious Bastards is a five-star movie for me. What about you, Micah? Four stars? And you gave Reservoir Dogs what? Three and a half. Okay. I don't do I'm ratings. T- I'm, I'm too good for that. I'm above that. I'm just above that. You know, like a movie is like an experience. Like I don't like to like <laughs> add numerical value to it. So like, I just like to... And all the members involved,
1: like, they all put hard work and time into that. So to be able to judge and criticize that is just totally
0: unfair, but man. I don't like saying that a movie was bad. I just like, that movie just work for me. And then I'm just like, buy a little I movie. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Go be free in the in the in the in the pasture full of cows that have only been grass fed and wow I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. This just isn't my cup of
1: tea. But you know, there, every movie has its. I audience. tried
0: to see how far I could stretch that.
1: Every movie has. Run, be free, me. movie, go. Shh. Every movie
0: has its audience. I've, cre- I've created the new character, the the, hip, the movie hippie. I like it. Have you heard the argument that um no that uh filmmakers or actors or people who work on like art art like artists or whatever uh are no different than like say a plumber like if you're no. you're paying a plumber to do a job uh-huh. just like you're paying an actor or an artist to do a job entertain you yeah and if they fail to do that you should be able to criticize because if a plumber fucked up your pipes you paid that guy would you just be like oh it's okay you know it's like it's uh, yeah. it's subjective, right? Like you, right. Know, you know, you get, you'll get it better next time, pal. It'll be fine. <laughs> the thing is, like. Fucked up plumbing is not something that you can be like, yeah, but like, I didn't see it that way, you know. Could you like, just, like, But like, is it broken? It's like, <laughs> but like, is my kitchen flooded? No, no, I like, don't know. This is Bob Roberts' plumbing debut. He's here to, Bob <laughs> Roberts. It's not a rock solid argument, but it kind of just goes. sounds like, like huh. there's like a stand up bit in there if you workshop it. It's, it's, it's interesting. interesting. I don't I know because I,
1: I don't think. Like plumbing is opinionated, like you fixed
0: it or you didn't. Yeah. But like entertainment <laughs> my is My point like... is you should be able to criticize, right? Mm-hmm. No, of course. Like, um... Yeah, isn't it? Uh, this fucking chair, just... for Christ's sake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> just, I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're watching the video version or not I just push the chair back and now I'm on my knees just You guys want to go buy a new chair with me? We can split it three ways. Oh, don't do that! (laughs) No! (laughs) You want to go split a chair three ways or something? Sure. Okay, he gave consent. Uh, Nope. I said don't do that out oh. loud. <laughs> it's not consent. Oh, I, I might mis- be better against the wall. I, I misheard you. I thought you said do that. It's too late. I committed to You're this. Usually um, just- <laughs> it's just the top of your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it a... am <laughs> all short. Isn't it a? wasn't it Alfred Hitchcock who was like the worst thing a director can do is bore you? Yeah. Or a movie can do. I think so. Is yeah. bore you. I think I've heard that. And uh, that, that may have been a jab at Stanley Kubrick. Oh my God! (laughs) No. All right, so we got some Q and A questions. Got some good ones this time. You guys ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Jesse, have you ever cried from a movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a human being. Do you have blood running through your veins? yeah to be fair i didn't cry during a movie
1: until i was 17 so okay i'm actually i'm actually gonna... okay
0: because i was just thinking like if you cut the q and a's as their own clip and it just starts and i'm on my knees <laughs> like what the
1: fuck happened during the episode all right so i have three movies where i wouldn't say i like cried but i got got
0: <laughs> i'm all the way back it's like in the darkness <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you, you didn't until 17. Yeah, it wasn't until I was 17. Up. The mic's, the mic's yeah. going to not pick you up. We've been squeaking the whole episode. It's not going to make a difference now. You didn't, you didn't cry in a movie till you were 17.
1: I didn't cry because you were saying, is there blood in my veins? But I didn't cry in a movie till I was 17. So it took a while. Interesting. Three off at the top of my head. I did. And I I wouldn't say I full on like cried during a movie, but like a tear or two. Like <laughs> I'm a, not a
0: bitch. Like <laughs> I, got, I
1: got a little teary eyed was. Yeah. First, Lee was the Iron Giant. That was the first one ever. Mm-mm. Second, I can remember Interstellar. Third, actually, um, it's a Wonderful Life, and fourth, Hereditary.
0: Interesting. the mo- The last movie to make me like uh, interesting, probably the one of the few movies to make me fucking like sob, was Marriage Story. Oh
1: yeah, you sent us a video, and you're just
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> I was, little, not, little I was bitch. not I was not I wasn't little bitch. It's not dry heaving. I was I was just, I was just like I was just like what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I cry and I just like vomit. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck my? God. It's so sick. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, Marriage Story um yeah, just that ending and shit and also it just, you know, someone who is... A little bitch. Yeah, someone who's a little <laughs> pansy-ass fuck. Um, whose parents split up when he was, like, three, you know, oh, watching... Oh, shit, my bad, homie. Watching... What's <laughs> <laughs> fine? I guess my answer is uh, a... Yeah, boring answer, I guess, because I've said this before, is Interstellar, probably, and then... Yeah. And then Jojo Rabbit definitely made me cry quite a bit. Is there a movie that you can come back to, like over and over again and it's like a pretty reliable like it gets you going gets tears, the tears yeah. rolling yeah yeah Joker Rabbit <clears throat> Interstellar's kind of lost that effect I think I've said this before but the end of Home Alone around Christmas time I just I don't know what it is it's Just the, the John Williams <laughs> what
1: just imagining you sitting at your home watching Home Alone just like I don't know, just... I'm not making... I mean, I guess I am making fun of you, but I'm not trying to. It's just a funny thought that
0: came to my head. I mean, you've seen The Home Alone. Yeah. You know, like the... You know what I'm talking about. The scene I'm talking about, right? The mommy comes home. That, but the part that really gets me is, like, the very end where he's looking through the window and he waves at the guy. huh. yeah. And the. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. And it, but it has to be like around Christmas, like the week of Christmas, or it's, it doesn't hit the same. Hmm. It's like watching at home. Christmas do you have the decoration? same
1: effect with Home Alone 2? This is an important question. Specifically, Home Alone two, Lost in New York.
0: No, but I, it did. It, it is sort of like, you know, I do, yes. I, that movie has some fun moments, especially yeah. Tim Curry going. Sup. Oh um, yeah. Have a lovely day. <laughs> All right. Second question is from. Jesse as well. And I'm only asking this because he posted it twice, which means he's pretty serious about it. Oh uh, it's a very serious you question. You guys gonna keep HBO Max Forever just for Conan?
1: No. I don't even watch Conan. I'm gonna keep it for all the HBO Max originals that come out. Talk show hosts are Cancer.
0: Conan's actually pretty good. Conan's the best probably, but Yeah, he actually Yeah. Conan, but I'm not gonna Conan still makes me laugh. Conan's actually I know this is not what you're asking jesse but like conan is like one of the few talk show hosts that everything i do is fucking hilarious (laughs) 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 it's one of the few talk show hosts that, um, <laughs> like, gets that, like, talk show hosts are dying, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Like, because, like, um... He's self-aware about it? Well, yeah, he recently changed the format of his show to where it's, like, way fucking shorter. Okay. One guest per episode. Right, you told me that. One guest per episode, there's no band, there's no opening monologue. Actually, I think there might be an opening monologue still, but it's just the two guys, one guest, and he interviews, and it's, like... Way shorter, and then on top of that, he started a podcast where he does like more long-form interviews. So it seems like he's moving slowly to the more like Hip uh, to the job new yeah the new way of media, <laughs> cool. not instead of traditional legacy media. I'll mm-hmm. check that out because you know it's like Jimmy Fallon and Campbell and all these people. It's still just like the same shit they've been doing since they I
1: just 2000s. have a negative view of talk show hosts because like every single one is just like all political, and I'm just like I'm over it.
0: Yeah, I mean Conan definitely. He he, very he gets political, but it's not uh, insufferable. You okay. know what I mean. He still has like jokes that have nothing to do with politics, pretty fucking often, and like, I know. creative I'm, ideas around. I'm genuinely
1: shit. worried for these talk show hosts now that Trump is out of office. Like, what are they going to talk about?
0: S- especially uh, Stephen Colbert. My God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: fucking. He was oh, obsessed shit. with the Trump presidency. Anyway. I'm, ans- I'm going to answer your question, Jesse, by saying I didn't really fucking know if Conan was on HBO Max or not, but now yeah. I do. Yeah, I might check it out. Um, we'll see. I do like watching Conan without borders when just basically any time he's ever visited. A We're also using your HBO Max country. account. So. Yeah, you're all you're all <laughs> uh, feeding off my HBO Max account, which I'm feeding off from my parents' HBO subscription. My grandparents' HBO subscription. Okay. Thanks, Grandma. All right, John. Hello, John. Hi, John. John asks. John 117? What do you guys think of adult men who love My Little Pony? Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Bronies. Would you have an episode discussing My Little Pony friendship is magic?
1: I'm afraid to offend someone here. Okay. Now,
0: I don't know if, John, if you are one of these quote-unquote bronies. If you are, I apologize. I do not want to offend you. Um, But thank you for asking the question nonetheless. I will say... I don't really give a shit what people do with their lives as long as they are not hurting other people. So I guess that is my answer. Yeah.
1: If you like it, you like it. I personally, I don't get it, but like, you you do you.
0: Yeah, I don't think it is, it should, it is to be expected that people will judge. Um, Yeah. And you cannot make a person accept. So everything I know about the brony culture and everything is sort of like... I think it's a little confusing because... Brony can mean two different things. Brony can mean... So we've got to be quiet because... There might be something around here. Brony can... I <laughs> you want to get Because we were talking quietly so I was oh. like... That's I didn't mean to do that. Bronies are... Uh, bronies are... Bronies, bronies are... What the fuck? No, they, uh... Bronies can mean two very different things. Okay. I think sometimes people just mean like, oh, adult men who are like really, really big fans of the show. There's also the subculture of bronies that they really like the show. They're adult men, but they also jerk off to fan-made brony porn. And this is like, this is like a very... I've heard of this. Big thing. Oh. Like people make fan art of the oh ponies God. fucking and fingering each other and like they have 50 year old men they're ponies to, they have extreme hooves. hooving you <laughs> all right so I, as far as the show goes i mean i have younger half siblings so i've seen like a little bit of it kind of like the animation style but i'm kind of a cartoon nerd anyway it's, you know other than that are you a i have no fucking interest in it and I, I'm pretty sure none of us have yeah, a desire to talk about knowing it. Knowing so. that now does kind of give me creepy
1: vibes. As long as, like, you're a good brony and just watch it because it entertain you, ent- entertains you, that's fine. Otherwise, I'm concerned.
0: You know, I'm everybody's concerned. got their thing, you know? So there's probably stuff that we all have that, like, if somebody found out about it, like our little our little kink, you know, or our little... Uh, maybe you like to have your... um. Your uh, your shoulder blades slapped with a pickle <laughs> while you're um riding a unicorn workout bike yeah right I, I know this guy who can only climax um riding a skateboard um in Iceland so it's pretty crazy it's inconvenient because he he lives in New York mm. so next question's is from uh, L uh, he says I have he or she I have two questions. Question 1. Thoughts on anime? Um not the biggest anime fan. There is only one anime that I've ever actually been compelled to like come back to repeatedly and that is Cowboy Bebop. Um I'm probably speaking like fucking Spanish to you guys right now. I don't know what that is. I have an older brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, have you seen any of it? Uh a little bit. It's currently the only anime that I have like on Blu-ray and I haven't finished all of it. It's like a... Isn't there a movie? A Cowboy there is. Big I've God seen the movie and I've seen like half the show. What's kind of nice about it and <laughs> what's kind of nice about it is, um, you know, most animes go on for fucking like years. Like they're long as mm-hmm. fuck. But I'm pretty sure there's only like 30 or so episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Like it begins and it ends and it's done. You yeah. can just, you know, you can get through it and, you know, I'm,
1: which is nice. I'm not going to watch something just because it's anime. I know. Yeah,
0: but I wouldn't I, call myself like yeah.
1: an anime fan. I know, like, my older brother. I know a lot of people who will just, like, browse anime things, like looking for something, specifically yeah. anime. I'm, I'm kind of like where if I'm looking through and something that happens to be anime piques my interest. Yeah. Like, I've watched Akira and I owned Akira because it's very, like, sci-fi and, like, yeah. I, I just really liked the the... I don't know. I like the story, and I like the how it was done. It just seems... Present,
0: how it was presented. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. And so, like, I don't seek them out, but if I happen yeah. to come across one, then
0: I'm just like, all right, I'll give this a shot. I know your girlfriend, Sid, is a pretty big anime, like the Studio Ghibli movies yeah. and stuff like that, which I need to... I haven't... Ghibli. I've heard people say both, so fucking... Gif, gif. Yeah. Anyway, um... Uh, yeah there's a lot of those pretty much all of those i still need to watch um there's a lot yeah basically i'm only interested in like the top tier fucking anime this shit that's like i've tried watching those ghibli
1: films and i just i can't get into those like i've tried like spirited away and Mm -hmm. like even with
0: cowboy bebop like i'm not like even though I like, I, mostly everything I like about Cowboy Bebop is the presentation. It's like the music is like some of the best yeah. fucking music I've heard in any piece of media. And then like the animation's really fucking good. Like even really fluid for anime because it's very common for anime to be very like. Ah, ah. you know just like very stiff but like when they actually do like the fucking fight scenes it's like they're fluid there's definitely like but like story wise there's still like a weird like i don't know there's like a disconnect where i'm just like i'm sure if i was japanese and i was watching like the japanese like translation of this i'm sure like the characters would seem maybe a little bit more nuanced and stuff but like because it's an english dub parts of it seemed like overacted and the writing's not as and I don't know how much of that is like the like the disconnect between like the Japanese and American culture or if it's just like maybe the writing's just kind of sloppy and maybe I more like it for the fucking Mm -hmm. visuals and shit. I don't know. I haven't watched enough anime to know. I just know I like how it's made enough to like, you know, want to come back to it and, you know, watch it. But I still haven't finished it. Anyway.
1: There's also definitely like a stigma about anime where like yeah. If, if like you watch anime or like a nerd that's 28 that lives with their parents I mean basement. it's the same as the
0: brony thing
1: yeah so I don't know I try not to let that affect my perception I, I like yeah. I, I like if you're unaware of the stigma of anime then like
0: well I, the thing is I'm a, like a cartoon nerd in yeah. general like I like animation I appreciate animation and yeah just it's animation from a different country. And mm-hmm. so, like that is usually the pull to get me yeah. to like check some stuff out. Yeah. But as far as like, like seeking out specific stuff because yeah. it's anime, yeah, I wouldn't consider myself
1: Engage, that. I know doesn't really like anime or animation like a yeah. lot to begin with. So I'm sure that's yeah. I pretty mean, tough.
0: I don't seek out animation, yeah, in general often. So anime is like. Even um, more difficult sometimes for me to watch because it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot more, uh, um, what's it? maybe like expressive and in your face a little bit yeah. color wise and like yeah. stuff, it's the definitely the fights just <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, sure. but I mean the ones that I have seen aren't aren't bad. Um, I I liked Spirited Away. Okay. I liked okay. it. Um, Totoro wasn't huge on it, but I didn't oh, dislike yeah. it. Um oh, it was fine they they're they get a little weird for me but yeah uh, yeah again it's i think it's sort of the Japanese it's
1: such a thing. weird like yeah. way of every now and telling, again but... I,
0: I i i'll watch one you know it's yeah. not something i'm against there was an anime movie that i watched like a couple years ago um i need to find the name of it
1: isn't i could be totally wrong and i'm gonna look like an idiot is buckaroo
0: bonsai an anime i think so that sounds right i feel like i've heard of that before uh, okay, here we go. Sort of the Stranger, I watched. Came out in 2007. It's a samurai anime movie. I was actually really surprised how much I liked it. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, story-wise and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, L asks a second question. What's a book you'd like to hear adapted into a film? What would Who would you want to direct it, and who would you want to see star in it? <sighs> a book you would want to hear adapted into or a see, film or see. Yeah. um i don't know because i don't read like barely at all have, yeah it's a, it's a problem i have two
1: one is uh percy jackson but like fully the all the way through as a film franchise and done correctly what if it was like a netflix series or something I know it's supposed to be a series but I don't want that. I want like right. feature length films cuz I don't know for some reason to me like Netflix shows and I know they're making one for Disney Plus or making a Disney Plus show
0: mm-hmm. they just kind of when you the shows oh they're making a percy jackson show for disney plus yeah they just come across
1: as gimmicky to me a little bit now a lot of shows like stranger things and 13 reasons why it's like
0: well i think so i think those two i feel like a lot of people with stranger things specifically like the first season ended in a way where like it felt like kind of like a bookend kind of like Mm -hmm you could honestly end the show here and I don't think anybody would have a problem with that but because of the su- success of the show they probably took a show that was probably only meant to just be a limited series you're talking about Stranger through. Things? yeah yeah. Okay. and I think 13 Reasons Why is a similar thing no right?
1: 13 Reasons Why is exactly that because it was based off of a book
0: and, then, and just, then there was
1: they just made up their own shit after the first yeah. season
0: and I think there's a lot of people that even who like the later seasons of Stranger Things who are like yeah I really like it but honestly like the first season's the best. Yeah. And
1: and, and I worry because of also, like, Cobra Kai. Like, first season was, like, pretty great. Yeah. Second season, like, dipped a bit. And then, like, it's just gotten...
0: I don't think they're all like that. I think they're just kind of an exception. I know. It's
1: just become, like, kind of... A lot of TV shows just seem like melodramas. Like, this person's dating this person. This, you know... My dad hates me. And, and it's just, like, like all of these shows... I'm I, I just not into it. I'd rather see it in feature length.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: you know like that.
0: What was the question again? Um, oh, we were talking about books. Uh, books.
1: And then it was talking about okay. the director and the actor.
0: Yeah, who you would want to direct now.
1: Shoot. I actually had two answers. My other one, I'll just say really quick, not a lot of people have heard about it, but the pendragon Dragon series. Um it's kind of similar to like mm. Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. Um I would want Peter Jackson to direct that, I know for sure.
0: Oh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm going to use a graphic novel that I used to read when I was a kid. Okay. Um, do you guys remember the Bone series? Yes. I don't think they've ever made, like, an animated Are you movie talking about movie. Charlie Bone? I think so. Okay. The, like, it's basically like Lord of the Rings, except there's, like, instead of Hobbits, there's, like, those little, like, white dudes uh, running around, like, cartoon-looking guys. Okay, that's not Charlie... In, like, a gritty Lord of the Rings-style universe is okay. the best way I could describe it. Okay. But it, I don't know. It's just kind of a unique graphic novel, and I remember it being kind of popular. It'd be an interesting like animated movie, or I don't know. It'd probably be weird in live action. Yeah. but...
1: And I'm I'm yeah. s- I'm struggling to come up with a director for Percy Jackson also, because I want to say like the person that seems perfect for it is like late '90s, early 2000s Chris Columbus, and he directed the that yeah. the shitty one. I only
0: I only saw. Because I read some of those books when I was younger. I read all of them, like, like Lightning Thief, and I think the second and third one. Okay. Um. I only saw the Lightning Thief, and even when it came out, when I was a young kid, it was kind of disappointing, and I didn't. Even second, the second
1: one's one. like far worse than the first. I one.
0: saw the potential in the first one.
1: Yeah, and then the second one just dropped the ball yeah. completely, and then they just stopped after that because it was just not not yeah. working. Quentin Tarantino and Percy Jackson. <laughs>
0: oh my god. If this is the only example I can think of, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually finished this book. Um, I started reading it. Um, Matthew McConaughey's Greenlight is a <laughs> future film. <laughs> a book called, uh, um, I mean, it's a popular book, 1984. Um, I feel like what I've read of it so far, like Denis Villeneuve. Is, is that how you say his name? Oh, so. no.
1: Are you talking about the Blade Runner Yeah, guy? yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, I don't I don't like Blade Runner that much and, you know, some of his later stuff. But it feels like an obvious choice because um, it's kind of like a futuristic world kind of thing. And I don't know. I just feel like it, it would it would be fitting. I can I see it.
1: I, I just don't understand how a guy can make science fiction so boring. And he's just so perfect for boring science fiction movies. So, like, I don't get it.
0: You'd probably think 1984 was boring, so.
1: Probably.
0: It'll be perfect for you. Still want to show you guys the PP. 2263 the miniseries i yes. want to see that yes it's on hulu i also own it okay the moda the man the myth the legend yes what are some mistakes you've made whilst making movies i want to think hard about this
1: uh throwing tantrums don't
0: and god i actually wrote stuff this time
1: don't uh throw tantrums when you're trying to do direct
0: <laughs> go more in depth uh, if, you, if you want to.
1: All right. So basically I was trying to, I was, it was on seventh and I was trying to get, you know, give instructions. For the,
0: sorry. For those who don't know, if this is for whatever reason, your first time listening to us, like we also, we don't just like to talk about movies. We also are trying to like
1: make movies, make well. our
0: own stuff. And we have in the past on
1: the RC films channel, which is like, we'll have links and stuff oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. But, uh, I was trying to direct people and it didn't seem like people were listening. Um, so I just kind of gave up and was just like, all right, I'm going to go sit in this room over here and just let these actors, like, do their own thing. And, you know, and so I just sat there for a while. Um, and that was not helpful for anyone.
0: I mean, I think it was, I'm again, I'm speaking because obviously me and Gage were there for mm-hmm. that. Um, I think it was a very unfortunate situation for you because you would basically, you hadn't really made anything Mm-hmm. Other than Seventh. And, like, just jumping headfirst into, like, a feature-length project. mm mm-hmm. um, and, and I say this just for, like, loving, you know... Um, I think the worst thing you can do as a director is not know what you want. Yeah. And sometimes it's a very easy mistake to uh, make. The
1: thing is, is I knew what I want, but I wasn't expressing clearly enough what I
0: wanted. Well, I think it's also... It's also Hard for like anybody who's never directed anything before. Yeah. like you kind of have to learn okay. how to like be very particular, mm-hmm. be very direct, and also not be a dick. <laughs> like I was, finding I was that literally, balance takes I was a while. I was literally
1: just gonna say the thing I learned. Is that you kinda have to be a little bit a li- not like not you, being You a dick- have to take charge. You have to be a little bit of an asshole. You have
0: to take charge. You have
1: to be like, all right, everybody, we're doing this. You have to be assertive. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I was too timid to be like, all right, guys, we're we're doing this and I was I just wasn't you have to mm-hmm. present yourself confidently and strongly and be like, Alright, we're doing this, let's go.
0: And that's something I even I still like struggle with. I think on the apology I think uh, I think like the first day was kind of weird um, it was a short film uh, poster's behind me if you're watching the video it's on my channel whatever anyway uh, yeah I hadn't directed anything in a while and it was kind of the first project uh, where like I don't know yeah I hadn't made anything in a while and um, I remember the first day like just kind of like alright I gotta put on this like directory hat like all these people are here because of something that i wrote and we're all we've all decided to like do this thing and we have a limited amount of time and i think it took me like the first day was a bit rough i had to i know my friend Justin behind me was kind of like hey like say that a little louder you know it's like you need to kind of and it's kind of the thing of like you need to kind of you kind of need to uh not take yourself seriously but you kind of you know, like you said, you need to be assertive. You need yeah. to kind of take charge a little bit or else, like, no one is going to really, like, listen to you um, because whether you like it or not, and this goes for people who are wanting to make stuff um, who are just kind of just starting out. Like, I think, again, I'm, I'm stealing this quote from Alfred Molina from one of the behind-the-scenes uh, interviews from, like, Spider-Man 2. It was very random, but he's like... Um, like a, a movie set is a benign dictatorship, which is very true. Like, you know, it might seem kind of gross to think of it that way, but like, at the end of the day, somebody has to call the shots or mm-hmm. else, like, nothing will happen. Yeah. Eventually, somebody has to say, this is the decision we're making. Mm-hmm. That's not to say you can't be collaborative with people, but at the end of the day, like, somebody has to say, this is the, where we're going, this is what we're doing. Or else nothing will get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be a person like that, you kind of need to be assertive, but also like learning how to not be an asshole. Um, anyway, um, like another mistake that I made with uh, the apology was we only had basically two, four, five hour nights, or so I think, yeah. to shoot. Yeah, because you were there. I guess you both were there. Mm-hmm. Um, And I still kind of regret not getting just, like, an extra day. Mm -hmm. And it's something I'm still kind of figuring out. And that was it was the main lesson that I took away from doing that was, like, whatever in your head you're assuming how long something will take, like, add, like, an extra day or something on top of that. Because, like, you're pretty much almost guaranteed nine times out of ten to be behind schedule. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were shooting like that last argument scene between you and Nathan and like we just didn't have enough time and thank god you we, you guys fucking like rehearsed and like remembered your dialogue or else we would not have finished that movie but there's I don't know how much you guys remember but like those last few takes of like the last scene like the stuff with Calissa and like a lot of the stuff with like Nathan and you just like the, with the tears and stuff like a lot of that was like the old one and only take that we shot and it's in the movie. And there's a lot of, there's definitely a few of those takes towards the end where it's like, Oh man, I, I Really wish I did another take of that. Just the, the, the delivery's not all, r- how I want it. And it was no fault of anybody else, but mine just because of figuring out timing. You're, you're almost always having to compromise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. so anyway, we have time
1: assertiveness.
0: Yeah. Time um, management
1: assertiveness and
0: I, I've, Of course, I'm gonna be more broad and vague and like uh, okay, and less about the actual like filmmaking side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote some things down. Um, This one, much more of a selfish uh, thing that I learned: Uh, sacrificing too much personally, and so that the experience takes more than it gives. Um, Okay, can you kind of reiterate that? Just Uh, give an example. Yeah, just just sacrificing too much of your own personal life to um make art. I see. So not taking care of yourself outside of the, the yes, the or making or of the going project. yes, or um maybe that, but also yeah, I would say it's that in a nutshell. I think it's more complicated, but that is it in a, a nutshell. Yeah, that's important too. So that the experience. And then it damages the experience because you don't take anything away from it. It takes things from you. Right. Because um, you don't have a, as much to give to it. Yes. yes. So that's that something that I've learned the hard way, for sure. Right. Especially um, this last year. And then, so, I had some more stuff, but I kind of had something um, that happened this morning. And, you know, I was just like thinking about it. And um, I think a big thing is I've learned that... Um, also, the hard way, but I mean, most lessons are hard. Hard hitting, so um, that the longer you take to make projects, um, the is very is highly likely that those projects that were extremely personal and timely um, w- when you were first working on them yeah. will inevitably um, be lost with the time. Um, at least for me, I, um, you know, with like, whether they be scripts or, or filming or whatever, like time is, is definitely my enemy because I, I'm very much so a person of, uh, taking from what I know now and making a movie about it kind of thing. Yeah. And I've made the mistake of taking too long to make certain projects so that, um, but when i'm when i see the light at the end of the tunnel and i'm like oh i might be ready to make this thing yeah i look down at what i have and i'm like thinking to myself this isn't really a good representation of like who i am or what i want to do anymore right so i definitely think i mean it's not necessarily something i've learned but it's definitely a i guess a lesson personal lesson to just work more f- efficiently and faster yeah before they um, become become be, before my stories become irrelevant to me because if they're irrelevant to me they're not going to be relevant to anybody right so uh, um, that is my vague broad ridiculously philosophical an- answer Well I mean it's something that I relate to too especially when, if we're talking about like the writing yeah process yeah um, I've had like a feature film script that I've been like writing ridiculously slowly for like Mm. four or five years now um luckily it's still sort of like relevant and i honest to god i'm kind of glad it's taken this long to kind of ruminate because it's like i feel like it's gonna be a better film because of it since i've had time to reflect on it but i'm sure there will be a point where i just don't feel the same way about it and Mm. that's what's kind of tough is like this all feel, just feels like a long, pretentious way to just say, finish your fucking scripts. But harder <laughs> said than done sometimes. Um, Man, when you take so long that by the time you're, like, making progress, you look at yeah, 50 pages like, back and you're like... This isn't me anymore. What the fuck? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've gone through, of my current script, like, three or four different iterations based around, like, how I feel, like, in that moment. Like, I'll write one... Cause I'm, I'm feeling a certain way and then i will be like, I do not feel like this anymore. And then I'll write another, and like, I don't yeah. feel like this. So it just is constantly yeah. like evolving. But the good news from like all that changing is you're taking tiny little things from like all the other like drafts or like feelings you had before to kind of, I, f-
0: I forget who said this, but like, it's sort of like by the time, maybe it's Tarantino who's actually said this by the time you finish your first draft like but that's shoot. when you f- figure out what the movie is yeah you know yeah cause it's just been mostly just been like a, you have a little bit of an idea but it's mostly just been a guessing game you're right Yeah. you know um and your project will constantly evolve it'll evolve not just with writing I mean in editing. a way I, I see the shooting and the editing process yeah. it's own writing process Same. in a certain way so it's always gonna be fucking changing yeah again just movie quotes up the ass today it's like movie's never complete, it's just abandoned, you know, sort of, yeah. the, of a common phrase and there's always going to be mistakes there's always going to be things you look back on and be like, oh shit, like I should have done that better oh, I would have done this better, but you know, it's like you can't evolve as a, as a filmmaker and as a dare, dare I say, artiste if you or don't allow yourself to make those mistakes and dare to fuck up once in a while
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah. All right. Kyle, not you, Oh. asks, have you started WandaVision yet? If so, what do you think? It's Hopefully. great to see Marvel doing something different. Yeah, we said this at the beginning. Yeah. We've been watching it um, together. We want to keep this to a yeah. minimum because we want to do a whole episode on it. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on WandaVision. Yes. Once it's all done... Uh, And it should be fun.
1: I thought after Endgame, I was like, why are they making more Marvel movies? You can't get any bigger than this. Everything is just downhill from Endgame. And then, you know, WandaVision kind of piqued my interest. And then I heard heard about the Spider-Man multiverse stuff and Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange. And, like, it's like somehow Marvel has made a way to make us just as excited as... As we were for Endgame, and, you know, the, the show is shot really, really well. Like, I love that it's not shot like a TV show, and it doesn't feel like a TV show. Like, obviously, the episodes are, like, way shorter, like half an hour to 40 minutes, but I, I it just, you feel like you're watching a, a Marvel movie again.
0: I mean, I guess it just goes to show it really pays to have a, a plan with your big... Yep, bajillion dollar franchises. I'm looking at you, DC and Lucasfilm.
1: Yeah, DC. Get
0: yep. your shit together. Have a plan. Yep, I agree. All the only reason any of this works is because Kevin Feige like, map, probably mapped all this shit out like years yeah. ago. I will say I was excited for it, and it's even better than I was expecting. Um. We just watched episode five. That's yeah. The, that's the most recent episode. Very, mm-hmm. very surreal. And if you you've been watching along too, you know at the end of that episode, it's your whoa, yeah, oh my god, we actually talked about a spoiler for episode five in the last episode. That we didn't we know had, it was a spoiler at the time. We didn't know now it was it true, is. but it was
1: Toby Maguire and... does in fact come back at the end of the episode. That's it's not true. It's pretty,
0: but it, that ends up happening told Maguire. Maguire playing his character from Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?
1: You know what I did? <laughs> Nicholas Cage from Ghost
0: Rider. Yeah, shows up. Nicholas Cage from Willy's Wonderland. Yes. Well, our short answer is we like it so far and we tune in I think maybe a couple episodes, we'll be ready to talk about that entire fucking series, and we're very excited it's, for it. It's yeah. one
1: of very few shows that I uh, enjoy watching. I'm excited about, and uh, if it comes out on Blu-ray, I will definitely own it. Well, owning a Blu-ray is like my stamp of approval. Like I liked it. it, is good. I want it.
0: Physical media. Beep Thank you all. Beep. Thank you all very much for the questions. We very much so appreciate it. Keep yes. them going, please. Comment us questions. Just make comments. I don't care. We read them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but feel free to ask, ship a uh, ton more of questions. Um, thank you all very much for listening. Um, hopefully next episode we'll have a less squeaky chair. Yeah, that'll be nice. We'll have a dog that's not going crazy. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully all of our hopes and dreams will come true. Yeah. And this week
1: in the comments below, I want you to try and what you think are GPAs in high school while well, were are
0: <laughs> I, I know there's no, I can already hear it right now I can just hear the you know like the yeah. the end music yeah it's funny Uh, like I said just want to
1: do a controversial question about us at review the end on of Apple
0: Um, we're all on Letterbox. we're all on Letterbox. you know we're all on the government watch list it's true after that porn I watched was it Brony uh, who told you about that
1: is that called brawny cause it's it's like apology porn.
0: apologies <laughs> this is our worst episode yet
1: yeah I don't think
0: it is but it our is. worst
1: episode in my opinion was our very first one
0: okay maybe I'm
1: not yeah. gonna give an input on this come on
0: come uh I have a a good a couple good uh, ideas of our worst but... you don't
1: like the Wonder Woman
0: one huh it uh, wasn't our best. Okay. I don't like that. This definitely, this isn't gonna go on my, on the top yeah. shelf, that's well, for sure. The Wonder Woman one just feels like I'm reliving trauma. That's mostly why.
1: I had a good time with Wonder Woman. Or don't see. say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless America. Let's get rambling, ramblers. That's a line from Reservoir Dogs. Um. Yeah. If you don't subscribe... You ain't black. Fuck you. Oh. I guess I'm moving out of the way. I was pointing at the chair okay. because it's squeaky. You just... Oh, oh no. <laughs>